0: Welcome to the 227th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on April 7th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's all set to mine some crypto, Carlos Rodella. I think I gave up on that. Well, you got a new rig.
1: Oh, my computer's better. I get what you're saying.
0: Yes. Brand new computer in your house.
1: Yeah, it's a new uh, all-in-one PC. I'm very excited about it. And it's quiet. So if you've listened to an episode in the past of this podcast that you heard a fan noise, uh, that is no longer.
0: I mean, are we talking applause, cheers? Because I like that kind of fan noise. Yeah, I could actually add that in post. By the way, have you noticed that I did that for the last few episodes? I have only listened to a couple as I was driving around. I did notice you inserted that into one episode that I heard, and I thought that was
1: funny. It is. I think the last four actually. I kept. (laughs) I had the soundbite there, and then I was like, "Oh, just it was already like in the you know settings of the sequence." So I was like, "I'll just keep it there." Eh, Why not? Um, So it might have happened just now in this episode.
0: Who knows? But
1: but yes, I do have a new PC. It's amazing. It's called the HP Envy. Um, It charges my phone when I put my phone like on it on the base of it, which is incredible. The whole thing is super quiet it's got a 4k screen it's ridiculous i got it because i edit so much
0: video and i'm very excited nice now carlos got hpv sounds good oh jeez
1: i'm editing that (laughs) i I normally don't edit episodes i'm going to edit you
0: got to put the applause in that's what you got to (laughs) do Nice. (laughs) okay i will i will all right folks we are back with a brand new episode welcome welcome we're glad you're here uh as per usual we're going to kick things off with a little bit of housekeeping um, I've only got one thing on my side of the house today, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go into it just really quick. Uh, recently, Godzilla vs Kong, the movie came out. I mean, by this point, maybe a week or two ago, I can't remember exactly, but recently, uh, that was a movie I was very excited about. Watched it um, the day after it came out. Uh, Carlos, you've seen it too. I have. We are gonna talk about this real briefly at the end of the show. Uh, I'm going to go into it. I don't want to spoil anything here if you're a person who has not yet seen it. Uh, I hate spoilers. I would not willingly spoil anybody else if I could help it. So just FYI, at the end of the show, uh, we will talk about Godzilla versus Kong, and there will be spoilers. But for now, uh, just know that I watched it. Carlos watched it. Really quick, you want to give a thumbs up, thumbs down? Thumbs up, thumbs down. What do you think?
1: Oh, really? We're going to go do that right now? and not Just, just end for end right now, show? just to give people a taste. And we'll get into it at the end. Ah, uh, I have a... A pretty solid thumbs down on this one
0: i am also a pretty solid thumbs down as well so Ooh. i think we can we can commiserate uh about that but we're not going to get into any details right now that's all i've got in terms of housekeeping carlos you got anything on your side of the house today
1: my side of the house has a few things first off uh e3 is back and it's going to be free but also virtual
0: a wise choice. Wise choice.
1: Yeah. And it makes sense, but is also pretty cool because uh, remember last year we had the summer game fest with Jeff Keighley and a bunch of trailers and announcements. And it was basically something to keep our minds busy because true. we were all going Very crazy. Yeah. Uh, so it's another same type of thing. I mean, like more people are getting vaccinated, more people are getting out there and being safe. But at the same time, uh, a lot of people are basically still home and um, we want something to do. And we also don't and can't go to a huge conference. Uh so this is another way for them to do it. And I think it's basically just going to be like similar to the summer thing where there's a ton of trailers, there's a ton of announcements, and that's exciting. You know, we can still all to have that from the safety of our home.
0: I think that's great. Um you know cuz basically that's all E3 is anyway. I mean, ton of announcements, a ton of trailers. If you actually go, I mean, I've been a couple times. I'm sure you have probably been a couple times, right? I've been a lot of times. You've, yeah. been, you've been many times. Too many It my, too Notice many how my times. voice
1: changed? Yeah.
0: Too many times. I mean, the only other bonus, if you ever, ever go to E3, is getting to play like a five-minute demo, you know, three months before other people get to. I mean, honestly, I think most people who watch these, these shows are getting like 85% of the exact same experience. And in some ways, it's better because you're not bumping up against people. You're not smelling their sweat. You're not eating shitty tacos at the cafeteria because it's too far to walk to a good restaurant you're not spending on a thousand dollars on hotel room honestly i think going virtual is kind of a good move
1: well i hope they do some uh announcement type shows they don't they can do them like in an empty theater but you know like some of the bigger studios oh yeah oh yeah you know that's part of e3 as well like them coming out and saying an announcement because if it's just trailers then it, it is a little different um and so i hope that they're gonna do some of that stuff i know devolver always does that because they always
0: devolver has a crazy like an insane show crazy show and they like pre-tape it a
1: long time before um but the other one uh the other tangent i'll quickly go on is that i've been part of the press for a long time um not really in the same way anymore but in the past and i've been to i don't know seven of them or something a ton of e3s and there is something that i do miss about you know meeting your friends meeting colleagues meeting sure. developers and publishers that you know and just that kind of camaraderie is definitely something i miss so that's the thing i do miss from shows because there's so many people that at the only time i saw them was at a big show uh you know they're all across the country et cetera. so yeah that's the only thing i miss
0: it's interesting i would agree with you for sure but i think that shows have definitely changed over the years because like when i i mean you have you i think you've probably been to more shows than i have in terms of e three but like you know, even back when I was still going, like, it was still, quote unquote, like, press only, right? And, like, it was, you know, it wasn't impossible for people who were not pressed to get in. But, like, it wasn't, like, flooded with people who were not press. And so at that time, the floors were not crazy crowded. Like, you could actually have a conversation with people. You know, there'd be, like, meeting rooms. And, like, it was kind of, like, there's more chance to meet people. But now, uh, I mean, the last time I went, it was, like, madness. There were so many people that were not press. It was just, like, wall-to-wall people. Impossible to hear anything. Impossible to meet anybody. You had to, like, you know, go offside if you wanted to chill with somebody. And it was just really, really tough. And, I mean, it's kind of the same thing at, like, a PAX or something like that. You know, PAX West is a show that I really love. But also, it's, like, it's so crowded. Like, it's impossible to just to do anything there except for just stand in the middle of an ocean of people, which, uh, by the way, I'm never doing again. So.
1: I know, we were like, it's a different kind of uh, world. Different world, man, different world. Um, I will say this, though, most of the time um, I was at those shows, I've been at earlier shows when it was less crowded, when they didn't let the general public in. But at the same time, the last time I went, which was a couple of years ago, or maybe I guess three now, uh, you know, we just met people off site. You know, you meet them at at a show or there's a lot of different like after parties. So there's a lot of places to meet people. It's just that they all happen to be in the same city. And that's totally. Yeah.
0: Good point. Good point.
1: But either way, if you want to uh, take part in it, um, you can sign up. I don't really know what that does. Both you and I have signed up. Uh, I'm not sure what that's actually going to do for us. But I
0: mean, probably nothing. Just get us a bunch of emails.
1: Yeah, probably. Actually, that's all it's going to do. Um, but yeah, at some point they'll have the information. It'll probably just be like you know places to stream it and watch all the trailers. But I'm still excited. It's pretty soon. It's June, and it's a lot of new game stuff for us to to look at. Excellent. Uh, the other thing, real quick, is Apple Arcade had a, a Final Fantasy game come out. I don't have an oh, iPhone, yeah. but I heard about this.
0: I, you know, we did sign up for Apple Arcade a while ago, and I just honestly just got really kind of bored of it. Like there was a couple good games, but not many, and I had so many other games to play. It didn't really seem to make a lot of sense for me to keep paying for it when most of that stuff wasn't great, honestly, right, but, right. yeah, it's. I I, I I know the one you're talking about, and, honestly, I do not recall what it's called, but it's from some of the old-school Final Fantasy people, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's called Fantasian. Fantasian. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Fantasian, and it looks maybe? like uh, little miniatures, and it just looks really cool. So if, if you have Apple Arcade or an iPhone, I guess it's the both, you know, either one, uh, or, like, you know, yeah, Apple Arcade on your TV or whatever, you could sh- check it out if you like Final Fantasy. I just heard about that.
0: There you go. I bet it'll come to other platforms, though, I'm sure. There's a there's a bunch of people who are not on Apple Arcade. I'm guessing we'll see it at some point. Oh, yeah, I'm sure.
1: Uh Just a couple more things. One, that Gensu Sky Drift game that I talked about, and I said I will definitely try to reassign the buttons.
0: Yeah, the so. girls who were surfing <laughs> on top of other girls in the sky. Yeah, so yes. We talked about that last episode.
1: Uh Well, you can't remap the buttons.
0: Oh, but Yeah,
1: but by, by me going back in and checking it out, I did play for a while, and I was like, this is pretty fun, though. Oh, it, there's some fun to be had here. Let's just say it that. is.
0: You were kind of down on it last episode, though. I
1: know. There's just there's some fun. I mean, there's a little bit of. I like. I'm a sucker for like a Mario Kart type game, you know. So, um, it's a little bit fun, but it's just too difficult with the two buttons. You basically wow. are just like rocking your thumb back on the two buttons, and it's just annoying.
0: Kind of a plot twist, there, folks. This is like a, a Carlos turnaround, kind of surprise. <laughs> <Dun, dun, dun. laughs>
1: I don't know if it is because I think I still deleted it from my fucking place. But you did have some fun. I had some fun.
0: Okay. All right. Okay.
1: And the other two things are related. One, uh, thanks to everybody who uh, checked out our live episode. We really uh, enjoyed doing it. We'll do another one, hopefully, in a few weeks. And we'll pick a time. Why don't you send us an email or at So video games or just at one of us on Twitter, what time uh, zone you're in and which time you'd like for us to try it? Yeah, uh, for sure. And then we can do that. And then secondly, there's a there's two YouTube channels and I apologize that are so video games podcast. And I had created one long time ago with some other random email, and I can't delete it. So the one that has our episode 226. That's our that's, that's our oh, YouTube channel.
0: Branding disaster. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will
1: find that password, and I will delete the old one. But for now, go to the one that if you see the Soviet Games podcast, just YouTube search that, and you'll see the episode 226. Subscribe to that one. Does that make sense?
0: It does make sense. And so sorry. let me ask you then. I see that our, I mean, I'm not looking at it now, but I saw earlier that our live episode was up there. Are we planning to upload our other episodes there, or is that just going to be the house for only the live episodes?
1: Yeah, we'll do live for now, and then we'll see. You know, like, I feel like it's just a lot of work to redo all, or not redo, but at the same time I'm editing one episode. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. To kind of add I get you. I get you. So, but the live, it's so easy because on YouTube, you just do it live, and then all of a sudden, it's just recorded.
0: And then boom, so, you're done. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think we'll keep them for live for now, and then we'll see how people like them. And also, last thing on the uh, video clips, audio clips, I'm making some more clips with this uh, software headliner, and Brad was very wise to point out the captions, and I worked with the program to figure out how I can edit them because it auto-generates them for me but I'm actually able to fully customize them now, but not have to input the whole thing. So I'm able to touch them up. And I did that for the last clip. If you saw that on our Twitter and I'll be trying to do more of
0: those clips in the
1: future for each episode.
0: Yeah. So that's really cool. So you used headliner for that. And after our discussion, so just to give a little bit of backstory here, folks. Um, So game critics, in case you have never been to game critics, uh, you know, I, I suppose it's very possible that some people listen to the podcast, but have never been to game critics. If you, have never been. Please come over. Give us a, a once over. Maybe you like what you see. Uh, but we spend a lot of time uh, talking about accessibility. Now we are not specifically an accessibility in game site by any means. We are just a straight a straight up review site. But we do spend a lot of time on detailing whether or not controls are remappable for those players who like remappable controls for whatever reason. We also spend a lot of time on whether games are accessible if you are deaf or hard of hearing because a lot of games do have audio cues. And if you cannot hear those, it makes the game harder to play or sometimes impossible to play. So if you come over to Game Critics, you'll see that accessibility information. And I'm very proud to say that we were one of the leaders on the Internet in getting that stuff up. I think other sites have come along since then. Probably uh, Can I Play That, I think, is a really good one. They do a lot of uh, more in-depth audio examination than we do. But I am proud to say that we do take the time and effort to, to give that information for everybody. And I bring that up because... As you know, as you're listening right now, podcast is audio. And we did have some uh, readers of Game Critics who were deaf, meaning they could not hear, ask and say, hey, Brad, we would love to read your podcast. Can we get a transcript? And at that time, I'm like, I would love to do that. But Game Critics is all volunteer here at Games, also all volunteer. We don't have any income coming in, so we don't have any budget to work with. I mean, I couldn't just pay somebody out of my pocket because I'm not a rich person. And transcribing is a lot of work. And so we looked into it. We couldn't find a solution that really seemed to make sense that didn't take up like tons of time. And I realized that doing accessibility is really important. But at the same time, I mean, I'm juggling two or three gigs. I know Carlos is super busy. Um, I've got uh, a son that I homeschool. So it's like, you know, I got pretty limited time and I just don't have the availability to sit down for three and four hours and transcribe something. So we were looking at options. You brought up Headliner, which I'm going to look into a little bit more. But I also found out about uh, Otter, O-T-T-E-R. I did a little bit of a test with that a couple days ago, and that worked out pretty well, too, where I could put in just a straight-up audio file, the thing processes it, and then it kicks out, like, a pretty good transcript. Um, still, the the sticking point is that we talk so much on these shows and at such a rapid clip that even, like, 90 minutes ends up being, like, maybe, like, three hours of editing when you have to go through the text and fix errors and stuff. Oh, yeah, totally. And so it's like... I. I just feel stuck, man. I really, want to, I really want to transcribe these, but I just don't have a cost-effective way, and I don't have the free time. So maybe if there's a listener out there who would be interested in maybe doing some editing for the podcast, maybe I could send you a continued text you could edit if you want to get a little shout-out from me, perhaps. Or I mean, I'm trying to think of something. I really would like to provide it, but I just don't see a viable option. So I'm open to ideas.
1: Well, the stopgap or the in-between thing is this headliner app because it does do the auto-captions, and it is uh, pretty easy now that I uh, know how to do it to switch and add like your name and my name. And yeah, then, cool. So, yeah, cool. So uh, we'll be doing that with clips. And my my goal would basically do like two or three clips an episode. Like that's like my goal. Okay. So that we can, you know, have like some of our best moments maybe uh, done up, you know, each episode. And then if people uh, who are deaf, you know, want to be able to check out at least some of the, the, high, the highlights that we always joke about, they'll be able to hear those, you know. Uh, Excellent. Well, read them actually. So here's the other thing. Uh, you just brought up the point that my house is clean, but you brought up the idea of us not getting any money. We, you know, we don't make any money on this podcast. That yes. said, I really want to sell some t-shirts. Brad, what do you think?
0: <laughs> put you well, on the spot. We, Yeah, you can put me on the spot. We have talked about it a little bit. There are still some details to work out. But if I think if we uh, have some interest from the listeners, I, I think we could get some t-shirts together. Probably a good time to say that if you listen to this show, especially if you've listened to more than one, if you've listened to a couple of these and you consider yourself a fan of the show or even a friend of the show, let us know, give us a shout on Twitter, maybe email, let us know if you want a t-shirt. And uh, if we get enough people, I think we could probably make that happen.
1: Yeah, we definitely can make that happen. I'm chomping at the bit to make that happen. Uh, I want the shirt myself basically. So let us know about that. The house is now cleaned.
0: Excellent. Excellent. All right. That was quite a dirty house, slightly dirtier than expected, but now it is clean we are free and ready to move on to the meat of the episode here on show number 227. Carlos, we're going to start with you, sir. Genesis Noir, uh, playing it on PS5, I assume, or PC? Uh,
1: PS4 via PS5. What do I say each time?
0: I'm it's... just saying PS5, dude. Okay, okay. That's all I'm saying, because it's on the PS5 and it's all integrated. I'm not going to make the distinction. I think I just a side note, as an editor, it is a fucking nightmare to have so many systems and to try to make those distinctions Like, try to say something is on PS4 and on PS5 and Xbox One, and it's on Xbox X and S and PC and Switch. It's like, fuck, okay. It's like it's too much. I'm just saying, if it's running on a PS5, it's on fucking PS5. It's running on the Xbox. I'm just saying the Xbox. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Anyway. That's a good uh, way
1: to simplify it. But also, it's on the Xbox, I just remembered.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm just just saying Xbox, dude, because 1, X, and S all work together, and they're all basically unified so i'm just saying xbox and not saying anything else.
1: yeah the xbox, xbox family and by the way i'm saying that i played genesis noir on the xbox oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay 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 i just <laughs> is remembered. it on game pass is it, you play yeah, on it's game on pass? game pass that's why ah
0: okay so game pass
1: yeah i was gonna buy it anyhow uh i was looking at it for a while i actually knew about this game and so i saw it pop up on there and i was like well i'll just get it there
0: Excellent. game pass is amazing, is so amazing. Free. yeah i don't know anything about this other than it's a really experimental indie title Um, So please fill us in on Genesis Noir, other than the fact that it is on Game Pass, which is rad.
1: Okay, I'm going to read the description because it's a very confusing game to explain, and I don't really want to explain too much of it because it's a great indie, like, uh, mindfuck experience. It's really, really messes with you in a good way. Um, But here's the description that they give it. Okay. Uh, A noir adventure spanning time and space, when a love triangle between cosmic beings become a bitter confrontation... You'll witness a gunshot fired by a jealous god, otherwise known as the Big Bang. Jump into the expanding universe and search for a way to destroy creation and wow. save your love.
0: That sounds like a tall order.
1: Yeah, it's almost unexplainable, but they did a pretty good job there. Basically, it's a adventure game, which I don't like too much unless it's done uniquely and the art's really, really cool. And that's
0: like, are we talking point and click? Are we talking first person walking sim? Or what kind of adventure are we talking about? So
1: you're walking a little character around, like looking top down view. Top down, okay. Top down, three quarters view, whatever that's called. Okay, okay. And you are definitely kind of using your cursor as a, as a, well, you're using like the, the controller as a cursor at some point, right? So you're moving your character, but then at points, you're doing different things with a controller. I'll explain in a minute, so in general, you are moving a little character around who is this like detective and it's all in this art style of just black and white, so very very, very minimal uh it works very, very well though it's incredible looking it's all kind of cartoony like hand drawn, you know wiggly drawing lines, black and white, and essentially you are you know it's very noir, it's got like you know the jazz music in the background. The character that you play is a detective. He, like, goes to a jazz club. There's a lot of, like, um, just, you know, smoking of cigarettes. And you start the game just by, like, selling watches. You're just, like, selling watches in the alleyway. And uh, at some point, it just – it is very much like Twin Peaks or David Lynch where one scene can just transition into another scene or a dream, really. It's kind of very dreamlike where you – there's not like just, oh, this happens and this happens and this happens and i go beat the monster or bad guy. It's like this happens and then wait, where am I? I'm floating around. Oh, I'm actually looking at the bottom of a cup, <laughs> you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of weird transitions. But you get to the point that they mention in the description, which is there's a girl you like and she happens to sing at a club and there's a altercation at some point, And this person who doesn't like you is shooting the love of your life. But the the shot is paused, like in slow motion, right? Where you you know those scenes where you like can go three sixty all around it.
0: Sure, sure, sure.
1: But it's all two D, but it's also three D, so it's kind of like a two D three D kind of thing. <laughs>
0: okay, you know what I mean by
1: that two D graphics. Mean, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm kind of imagining it, but but continue. It's I, it's great that I can explain
1: it because this is a beautifully weird game. So, anyways, the whole game is this: what is the game loop? What are you doing while well, you're seeing a lot of different scenes? The the uh, metaphor is, yes, you're saving a girl that you like. Yes, you're, you know, trying to save her from this guy that doesn't like you. But it's also, like they said, the creation of the universe because these things are metaphors for, like, how the universe started. it's The game's called Genesis Noir.
0: So, so literally the genesis of the universe. The genesis
1: of the universe is, like, in every little bit. So it's, like, how did plants start? How did, like, light start? How did... the the universe start expanding. Those things are tackled in the story somehow. And I can't explain how, but it does work. Um, but what is the actual story and what's the game? This gunshot that's paused, you go into the gunshot for some reason. And in those little like explosion parts, there's, there's scenes and those scenes are your levels. And in those levels, you'll do all sorts of weird things. Like one is just like, uh, breaking down light rays that are like everywhere on this map. And when you get seeds that match the light rays, the light rays go away. I Anything I say is not going to make sense. You just have to play it. But what you do, you're, you're doing is you're getting clues from each level to figure out how to beat this guy before the gunshot finishes.
0: And so the gunshot is still like paused. And while this gunshot is paused, you're doing all sorts of other things at the same time. And hopefully you get all your tasks done before the bullet reaches its target. And then presumably, you know, that's the end of the game, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, this is also about like the the, the reality of the universe yeah, and quantum physics and all that kind of stuff. But the real beauty is in the gameplay, because in those little levels, like I said earlier, it's not just you controlling a character, which you are doing. But lots of times, like, say your character's floating in space, and now you're using the controller to line up a bunch of other parallel versions of him so that when they line up, then you can go to the next part. Or another one where you're walking around, you find the seed, you plant the seed. Once you plant the seed, you move your controller in a circle so that the day-night cycle goes by, so the, the plant will grow. Like so many weird little, almost like WarioWare-type okay. moments. Okay, okay. And this game is fucking cool. Like, I can't explain it enough. Like, it just comes out of nowhere. You're like, what is happening? I'm along for the ride. The music is so good. And, yeah, I haven't finished it, but I'm very far. I've got all these clues. And it's just a treat, man. It's a really, real surprise game. I, I highly recommend it.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Genesis Noir on Game Pass. I've heard a lot about it. I looked at some screenshots and a trailer and I wasn't sure what was going on. But hearing you describe it has kind of helped me fill that picture in a little bit. And since it's on Game Pass, I mean, great. I'm just going to grab it. Um, I uh, Sadly, my plate is really full right now. I don't have time for it. But I, I, it's definitely seeming like something that I should absolutely play before the end of the year. You think it's going to be like a top 10 contender?
1: For me, it really is already. yeah, it really okay. feels like it feels like no other game I've played ever, period, full stop. And also, like like you said, even for people who have like very little time, you can just pick it up and play and put it down, because there's like one weird level where you're like figuring out time, and you do a bunch of weird like controller stuff, and then you put it down, you know, and come back to it. So it's awesome, it looks great, it sounds great. Um, high praise, Genesis Noir.
0: Excellent. Genesis more. It's on game pass. As we said, I believe it's on every other system, but if you do have an Xbox, I mean, grab it for free. Why don't you? Sounds good. That is definitely a thumbs up. I'm going to check that one out for sure. Uh, jumping over to me for a minute here. I'm going to talk about a game which came out of nowhere, complete surprise. In fact, I, I think I may have even gotten an email directly from the developer asking if I would take a look at it. And I don't know what it was about it that caught my attention because I get like a hundred emails like that a day. Most of them I don't even bother to read because I just don't have the time, literally don't have the time. But this one grabbed me. It's called Cosmocrats, K-O-S-M-O-K-R-A-T-S, Cosmocrats. Uh, It's on the Switch. It's probably on PC as well, I would guess. It's coming from a brand new studio out of Poland, new hotbed of talented development. Poland is like Mm -hmm. where it's at these days. A new developer called Pixel Delusion. This is their very first game. And I gotta say, I think they've done a great job. Spoilers, I think this game is awesome. Uh, It's kind of a three-pronged sort of indie game. It's got three major sections. So basically, the underlying concept is that you are a potato peeler on a, like, Soviet-themed spaceship. You were, like, the lowest dude on the ship. Like, everybody tells you what to do. You're, like, lower than the janitor, even. You're, like, the bottom of the bottom. Um, these Soviets are in space. They're kind of in a space race with the Americans, and their jam is they want to put together a bunch of like space stations and space ships in orbit, and they're kind of in a race. And so they do this by giving you a 3D, like just like feel, like, well, okay, it's not 3D, it's 2D, with some physics attached to it, a bunch of mechanical pieces floating in space, and then there is a guy who pilots a drone. This drone assembles these pieces. Uh, The twist is that the guy who pilots the drone, like, I'm not going to spoil it, but something happens to him and he's not available. So you, the potato peeler, must step into the drone pilot chair and take over for him. Uh, As you're putting these pieces together, I think just doing this part is really fun. Uh, All these little bits and bobs are floating in space. You pilot this drone, which, like, kind of rockets around. You can push them by, you know, just, like, totally, like, piloting the drone right up next to it and just shoving it. It's also got like a little bit of a magnet attached to it, so you can pull a piece if you need to pull a piece, and that's all you do—you just push and pull. Super simple, uh, but I think the the trick to it comes with the physics because you're like in zero g, and sometimes you just nudge something and it goes spinning out of control because it's like in space with like you know no gravity and no friction on anything. Um, but the good thing is that all of these little pieces floating in space all have little color-coded magnets on them, so if you take a look around, you're like, okay, well, one piece over here kind of looks like it's got a red magnet, and there's another red magnet on this piece over here. You can kind of figure that out by careful examination, pilot the drone around, and push those pieces together. And once they get, like, reasonably close together, the magnets kind of kick in, and they kind of, like, stick together. So you don't have to be, like, super precise about it. Mm. But you do have to have some patience and skill. I think just doing that part is pretty entertaining, like piloting that drone around. It's almost like Tetris pieces in space, kind of, with little magnets attached to it. Um, It's a pretty good puzzle. I I like it. It's physics-based. It's really fun to put the ships together. I think it works really well. That is the first part. The second part is that it is kind of a political satire, kind of criticizing, like... I mean, I'm not an expert on, like, Eastern bloc like politics, but it seems like the old, like, you know, Soviet Union, kind of communist sort of a thing, where, like, there's, you know, all the people are at the bottom. They're working really hard. They're getting, like potato rations and the the people at the top are like these lazy bastards who are like ordering them around and stuff. It's very, very like eighties cold war Soviet flavored sort of a thing. I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. it's more specific than that, but to me as an American, who's not well-versed in that, in that field. I mean, maybe if I was a Polish person in Poland, I'd be like, Oh, this is totally the XYZ regime or something like that. I mean, it's very possible, but I think it's probably safe to say it's just general Soviet um, political commentary satire. Uh, which I think is pretty funny. Like they're always talking about, you know, the people at the bottom have to sacrifice so the people at the top can have more. And, you know, they're working them real tough. And it's just it's it's a good little uh, good little setup for the whole thing. That's an interesting
1: combination, by the way. Physics puzzler meets political satire.
0: There's one more piece. And this is the piece that really puts it over the top, though. The third piece is that there's an actual story being told here. And this story Oh, fuck. I fucked it up. There's actually two more pieces. What? The third piece is that there's narrative story branching. And these branches have some pretty serious, uh, long-reaching effects. So there, at certain points, there are certain things you can do. And you know the, the story will come up and somebody will say, Oh, you know, we got to do this thing. Do you want to go here or do you want to go here? And depending on which one you choose, it can totally change the branch of the story. You can help people. You can hurt people. You can get rid of some people. Um, And it's all told from, you know, you being the potato peeler who's piloting the drone. Like, you kind of accomplish a lot of these things by either doing a job one way or maybe you don't do a good job and something else happens. And so you kind of do these, like, cool little choices in the middle of doing the puzzling. Very clever stuff. Really clever stuff. I like it, like, a ton. Very, very good. Um, The other thing, in fact, I like it so much, I fucked up one of the choices. And I I was almost ready to start the whole game over because I really wanted to make that choice. And I was really enjoying the game. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't mind doing that again. Uh, luckily you can rewind a little bit so I just rewound and, and made a different choice but I love that they put that choice in there and but it, it mattered like I wanted to do that like it was important to me hmm. which is great the final thing and this is not a roguelike at all but there are some roguelike elements in the sense that if you mess something up sometimes that's just like permanent and you got to roll with it um, you can back out of a certain level if you mess things up but if you wait and the, the game saves like it just keeps on pushing forward so like if you don't get Uh, if you don't save the bin of potatoes, which is attached to the side of a satellite and those potatoes get lost in space, like you lose a bunch of potatoes for your people. And so they go a little hungry. Or if you don't get a reactor attached to the ship in time, that thing goes nuclear and that whole thing gets blown up and you lose all those resources. Uh, I mean, a lot of little things like that can happen. And also every time you try a level, it's different. So for example, I was doing a, some kind of a little space station thing and I just, I was not getting it. Like I was messing it up. I couldn't get the pieces together. Uh, I, I was like, okay, fuck this. I stopped, exited the game, came back in, doing the same level, but the ship was different. So, like, every time you come back, like, the ship that you're putting together is a new blueprint. Like, you, you can't just practice on the same one over and over. You actually have to, like, do it and just figure it out as you go. Ah, so it's, so, like, like,
1: procedural, then.
0: It's kind of procedural. I mean, I don't know if it is procedural. It seems like it's procedural. Mm. Could be procedural. But, like, as I'm playing, I'm noticing, like, it's just different every single time I play. Like, sometimes a piece on your ship will break. And sometimes mess something up and there's nothing you can do about it. Or sometimes there's like a new penalty that you have to deal with. Like, you know, like sometimes it'll be like, Oh, your drone lost power. And I guess too bad for you, you know, and like stuff like this happens and it just totally keeps the whole thing fresh, keeps me on my toes. And none of it's like super harsh and penalizing, but like, it's enough to make me think, Oh, okay, well now I have this new hurdle I got to get over. And now I got to, you know, deal with another thing that I didn't deal with last time. So even though the game is fairly simple in terms of like the puzzling, and, it, you know, this is not like AAA stuff we're talking about. It's indie. But I think it's really, really smart, really, really well done. And, like, that little randomized element has, like, kind of, like, freaks me out sometimes. So they never know what's going to happen. And I'm always like, oh, shit, what am I going to deal with this time? I and love sometimes that. You get, it is really good, dude. Yeah. It's sometimes you get a really complicated ship. Sometimes you get a super, a super easy ship. Like, there's a big difference between 15 pieces to assemble and four pieces to assemble, you know? So, like, you, like, never know what you're going to get. And it just really keeps you, uh, you know, engaged and awake and you can never you can't just like sleepwalk your way through it. So, overall, dude, I think this is like a fucking brilliant game. I mean, the political stuff, the the narrative branching, just the physics of the puzzling and then like the randomized element too. Like really smart. You can tell that these people really give a shit about what they're doing and they're trying new things. They're kind of like breaking out of a couple genres, blending a couple genres together. Overall, I think this is like a fantastic game, dude. I super love it.
1: That's crazy. So, we basically just started the whole podcast with two hard to define games that we both loved.
0: Love uh, Fest, absolute double Love Fest.
1: Yeah, and I was actually expected to come into this episode very salty, I told you pre-podcast. And uh this is just love all over the place. Now, here's the thing. I wanna I wanna definitely download this game because I love the mixing of genres, but I love like what you said, that just slight randomization. You know, you don't have to procedurally generate the whole world in an open no, world game no. or whatever, but like just a little bit here and there. That not just replayability, but like if I play it now, I won't have the same exact experience as you will. You know, not at all.
0: Yeah, not at um, all.
1: And so I'm going to, I'm going to download it. You got me uh, interested enough. Definitely downloading it.
0: Good, good. I, I, everybody listening to this podcast, if you if you know my taste and if you know the kind of games that I like, this game is like so in the pocket. It is such a great game. I love this game. It's so brilliant. You can tell that the developers really gave a shit about what they were doing. I mean, just total thumbs up all the way. I have like basically no complaints about it at all. It's really wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. Cosmocrats. I was going to ask what it's called again.
1: Cosmocrats
0: Cosmocrats. with a K. It's on the Switch. It's a great fit for Switch. I'm betting it's on PC as well. Also, uh, check it out. It's really, really good stuff.
1: Cosmocrats and Genesis Noir. Genesis Noir. Get them both, people.
0: Two wins in a row. We're going to break that love streak, I suspect, with this next game. It's called I Saw Black Clouds. Which, by the way, is is
1: very fitting that that's the name
0: of it. Absolutely. Foretelling. Yes. It is a prescient... Uh, title for this game, put out by the good people at Wales Interactive. And before we say anything else, Carlos, and I'm sure that you'll agree, I love Wales Interactive. I love that these people are kind of single-handedly bringing FMV games back. They're doing a lot of good work. They're super friendly. They've made a lot of really good choices with their game releases. As a publishing house, I really like them a lot. I am super pulling for them. I want them to succeed. I, I like them a lot. I love what they're doing. I am down with whales interacting. Do you, do you agree, Carlos? Yeah,
1: I'm down with them so much. I love that they brought it back in a different way. Um, The games that we both, I think we both enjoyed, is the bunker and late shift. Yes. And both those came from whales. And um, I just like, I didn't have anything bad to say about any of them. I think the bunker had some couple weird things of choices of when they added like game graphics to the real world stuff. And sometimes that looked a little weird to me. Uh, Or just, like, still images, you know? Um,
0: Yeah. But other than that... overall, super good.
1: Super good. And then that's why I mentioned this game, I Saw Black Clouds, on the podcast many times before it came out because I was like, well, uh, it looks like a creepy version, a dark, creepy story, and it's from the people that we like these FMV games that they've been doing. So enter the game, I Saw Black Clouds.
0: Yes. So And again... I do love Wales Interactive before we start we saying anything say about it this can. game. I wanted to say that real clear because I know they're gonna listen. I love you guys. I love Wales Interactive.
1: Uh, we both love you. We Let's both just, love them. We really, and, yes. really love you.
0: Any game they put out, I'm gonna give a shot to because I'm absolutely willing to give them the benefit of right. the
1: doubt. Right. Right. By the way, before we if if you're not, if it's not already apparent, what we're about <laughs> so to do. So many caveats to this. <laughs> yes. But we you did play it with me though. Like we both did like yes. try it out. So Yes.
0: Uh man. Uh okay, so basically I Saw Black Clouds, FMV game, which means it's real actors being filmed, and then those film clips are assembled into a game. Uh, you make choices at certain parts. Um, the basic story, and I'm going to let you kind of fill this in in a second here. The basic story is that the game starts off with a girl who like hangs herself. You play a girl who was her friend, and you're kind of like investigating about why did she kill herself. Soon after the game starts, things kind of start getting a little crazy um and then it kind of goes from there so that's the basic premise full disclosure uh i thought this game was miserable i thought it was really really bad i i had major problems with the script writing i had major problems with the editing the sound wasn't really good either and i just i noped out like i am sure that this game is only like two hours long or something like that and i just i could not make it through um i just i just thought it was really bad and in fact uh, I got to one scene that I was kind of like hate playing and it glitched. It glitched <laughs> oh, and it no. lost some progress. And I'm like, well, that is the universe telling me I don't need to play this game anymore. So yeah. I, I deleted it at that point. That was your mystery
1: door. That was your dark clouds door out of the yep, game. That was
0: my door out. So, Carlos, did you, number one, do you feel that way that I do? And number two, did you finish this game?
1: I didn't. I was so close to finishing. And Oh, I, you didn't finish it I either? I didn't either. <laughs> yeah. oh. I didn't get a glitch, but I just got... I was hate playing it for a while at the end there because I'll tell you the things I didn't like about it. And, and a lot of these things are fixable, you know what I mean? Like there's so much that can be done in this genre. And I think that they have done a really good job with, um, you know, expanding this genre for a while and single handedly, man, single handedly. Yes. But what, what was wrong in this one, obviously in the beginning, this is all subjective, but in the beginning it starts with a suicide. When you're in this kind of, mental state that you know a lot of us are in which is we're stuck at home and kind of feeling depressed kind of uh, is a is a slight version of that really feeling depressed lots of times yeah it's it just it was just a debbie downer to start on so and i hated the idea that the whole game was like on this premise of this woman who died and then we're going to a funeral and i just wasn't when i saw the cover you see the cover of this the the um you know, the main image for the game. It's like sure. this woman in a black jacket and she's looking at these, this forest and I'm like, ooh, she's going to go into a mystery forest. But, you know, so it just starts too real for me. Yeah. And then it gets corny. Like there's like, a, which they haven't done in other, mov, other movie games where like, um, you know, spooky stuff starts happening but it, the spooky stuff is like a, someone grabs them with a hand that comes out of nowhere from underneath the table. Like old school horror stuff that's corny.
0: And yeah, it's like it's like night trap kind of stuff.
1: Like night trap, yeah. Really, really weird. That it was so bad. And then, by the way, many hands reach out in this in this <laughs> game. There's a lot of <laughs> mystery hands that just like pop up. Like grabby, out.
0: like grabby happening. They,
1: I don't know. They, they, again, it doesn't make any sense. And even if it like later on when I finish the game, it explains that it was somebody's hand or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's done corny. And then the the other big problem is that lots of times when they give you these choices like in The Walking Dead or in other games like this, you really do feel like you've made a, a difference. You know, you yes, went down a different yes. path. Most of the time in this
0: game, it didn't matter what I chose. Oh, dude, you are so 100% correct, dude. That is that is a cardinal sin cardinal in sin. a game like this. Because if you're going to give a player a choice, they want that choice to matter, right? And like many games have done that and done it really well. I mean, the one we just talked about, Cosmocrats, like totally makes you feel like you made a big choice. And I saw Black Clouds. You're 100% right, dude. Like I chose... Okay, so try not to spoil anything here, but you're talking to somebody and I didn't trust this person. This person is like, trust me. And I'm like, no. And you can't do anything. Like You cannot progress the game until you eventually say, okay, yes, I trust you. And I'm like, okay, well then why did you ask me? Why did you give me the choice? Like, Don't give me the choice hoping that what? I'm going to say yes and that I won't realize that I don't actually have a choice because... You're taking. You're just railroading me, man. Like that's, I don't want to be railroaded. Don't give me a choice if it's not a real choice.
1: That's uh, I, we can mini spoiler. It's just a psychiatrist in a game.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And yes, uh, yes. the same thing happened with me, and I basically just didn't want to trust her because this woman is same. crazy. And like, it's very similar to the movie Get Out, which isn't really a spoiler at all. But there's a woman there who's trying to be like getting this guy's head, and you know that that's what she's trying to do. It's you know, super
0: obvious, of course. And yes. and
1: like you just came, like the character just came there to like ask her about her dead friend and you know whatever some simple things and get out Uh, get out pun intended but uh but she obviously is like going to try to like mess with her immediately and you're like fuck off you know like me as playing as the character is like no get me out of here yes and exactly e- the
0: same dude exactly yeah
1: same. and every no basically becomes like come on you gotta let me in <laughs> and she's like no she's like yeah but you really mean yes right so um, and you
0: can't do anything until you fucking say yes at the end. It fucking sucks. Oh no,
1: I never said yes, by the way. In that. But scenario. you still
0: do the thing, though. You can't not you do, do the thing. You do the thing,
1: yeah. But you, yeah. Do, you, I, I said all the nos, but uh, you still do it anyway, which is f- super frustrating. Later on, though, it happens again because I played further than you, I think. And you did, you did. There's another moment where it was basically like, "Where do you want to go?" And I was like, "I want to go this way, or I want to do this thing." And they're like, "Cool, you do that thing, kind of, but now we're you're gonna we're going to bring you this way."
0: Yeah, which yep. you know what that
1: is. That's just not uh, filming enough scenes, exactly. exactly. Right, so yeah, yeah, totally. that would have, that would have made a big difference. Because here is the thing: even if it's corny, I like corny. You know, I can get into some corny or like you know B roll or B movie sure, type stuff. Sure,
0: we're not against it.
1: And a B movie type choose your adventure could be really funny if you are like shooting enough scenes for me to make like really weird choices. You know, imagine. By the way, this is done as doesn't exist. I don't think, but like a B movie horror movie. Like until dawn, right? And you're it's live action, and you can and you film tons of different like endings, you know, tons of different side things where you just die all of a sudden. Like that would be so fun to play. Like you know, w- right now we'd be talking about I saw black clouds, right? Exactly. And it's this version of the game that I want to exist that doesn't. And I was like, oh, well, I actually died in the beginning because I like you know was in a blender. Somehow I got stuck in my hand got in a blender and I died. And you're like, what? You know. But yeah. that's not yeah. this game. This game is basically trying to tell you one story, I think.
0: Yeah. And it's just like, dude, don't like don't pretend to offer choice when you're not offering choice. And on top of that, like some of the stuff just it just didn't make sense. Like at one point in the game, uh, I didn't know who was I was talking to, and I was supposed to make a choice on this person, and I'm like, I don't even know who this person is. I've never seen this person before. And this other part where you're running down a hallway, uh, escaping from this I mean, I guess a killer, I suppose. At the time it just looks like a dude wearing a jacket. And <laughs> it's like you're running in this hallway and it's like left or right. And I'm like, well, there's I have literally no information. I have to choose. So right. I choose one way. And then you get to the end of the hallway, and then you can see the two doors. I'm like, no, 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 you gotta you gotta show the doors before you let me choose, because then I'd have at least some information to go on. And and you know, it's stuff like that. Like this this other scene where Out of nowhere, I find myself in a principal's office. I don't know why I'm there uh, with a friend who has shown up out of nowhere. We're talking about something that I'm not really clear about what we're talking about. And then it's over. And I'm like, what did that scene mean? Why do we do this? It didn't. There's no like logical connection. And it just feels like a super poorly strung together script where they didn't film enough scenes. They didn't think it all the way through. They clearly didn't have enough budget and they just went ahead with it anyway and it just it just really shows man like compared to some of the other stuff that wales has put out some really really good compelling content this just can't hold a candle to those and it's just it's just not a good game like i just really disliked it like all the way from a to z
1: yeah a great example of what you just mentioned is that there's a forest i don't know if you got to a forest it's probably the same thing right we played the same
0: mm-hmm. game
1: and they're like do you want to go left or right and i was like why does it matter you know and then right. i i picked one and they go now nah, do you want to go left or right and i was like but what I don't even know why I'm choosing left or right. Exactly. There's no, there's no reason. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, it's simple programming. It's shooting more scenes. And I think if you're going to go campy, which unfortunately this falls into that category, then just go all the way. But like
0: bad, it's bad campy. It's right. not good campy. It's right. real bad. Right. Right.
1: You know what we used to call this? A quick tangent. Uh Nowadays, uh, younger people might remember the term "straight to DVD." Right. Sure. Sure. Even sure. if you're younger, you you've heard that probably. Well, back in my day, in our day, I'll say, it was straight to VHS.
0: Straight to- <laughs> yes.
1: And there was VHS movies that were made indie movies, and they I watched a lot of horror movies
0: like that. Oh yeah, same. Right.
1: And one was called Satan's Storybook. I remember that one for some reason. <laughs> and it was like even though even though it's called that, it's like not scary and you know, not even gory. And they had like fake blood packets so you could see them squishing them with their hands it's like someone just took a camcorder out, you know, and like made a movie and then put it straight to VHS. It, it, when the hands started coming out and reaching for people's legs, I started thinking of straight to to VHS.
0: Yeah. It just, it feels like they're, oh man, I just, I'm I'm trying to think of how they could have made this better. I mean, definitely a better script, better editing. I, you know, and like you said, like we're okay with B movie stuff and you don't have to have triple A production values, but it just, The final product is so poorly put together on so many levels. Like it just was really painful to play. And if if I can't sit through something for two hours, I mean, you know, it's got to be pretty bad.
1: I know. I think it's ninety minutes too. By the way. Oh, it's not even. It's not even two hours. Like ninety minutes. Because I played like yeah, I played a a good chunk. But um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that like you just go all the way in if it's going to be a little. If you, I mean, you're looking at the production of it. You're seeing the edit, right? The people who are making the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just
1: go like, oh, look, the hand thing, that's kind of kind of corny. Why don't we go all in and just like make it really ridiculous, you know? So anyways, it, it's a miss yeah. for both of us, but um, I still have uh, support and, and faith in them. So hopefully they can come back.
0: Oh, yeah. They're going to come back. They're going to come out with something better. I will definitely – I'll try every single game that they put out. So I have no, so no doubt lie. they're so going to come lie. around. So. Anyway, that was I Saw Black Clouds. I think that was definitely a no from both of us there. Uh, moving On is a game that I have heard a lot about for like the last, at least the last year, if not longer. Uh, heard tons and tons and tons about it from all of my PC brethren on Twitter and all in the reviewosphere. Uh, but as people who listen to the show know, I don't really ever, basically ever play games on PC. It takes a pretty something special to get me play on PC. And my patience finally paid off because... Disco Elysium finally released on console. It is now on PS5 with an expanded—I don't know—some kind of like final, definitive edition, director's or like cut. That. Director's cut, Disco Elysium. Very excited to give this a try. Carlos, you played it as well.
1: I did play it. I played it on the console, and I was waiting for—I mean, I could have played my PC, but I definitely was waiting as well <laughs> to just sit on the couch and and get into it. So yeah, I played it on my PS5.
0: Excellent. That is where I played it as well. Um, so. Oh, it's kind of hard to nutshell what this game is, but I'll give it my my best shot here, and then we'll go to you, Carlos, for your reaction. Um, basically, you play a detective who wakes up after just like being blackout drunk, and you're like half naked, and you don't know where you are, and you don't know who you are. Like you've even to you know so drunk to the point you forgot your own name, and you pick yourself up, and you have to kind of put together who you are as a person. Like you don't even know you're a cop at first. You got to figure that out, and you know find your clothes and kind of pull yourself together. Um, it's seen from a top-down kind of an isometric perspective it's kind of an open world design not really open world I mean that's kind of overselling it it's like you're in these big areas where you are free to walk around and it's kind of a point and click interface where you'll see hot spots on the screen you can also push a button to highlight some hot spots you go over there and look at those things um, but a lot of your experience with the game really depends on your choices and before the game even starts you have to pick what kind of a person you are I think there's like 16 or maybe even 20 different kind of personality traits and each one has like a one through five stars or something like that um i don't know about you carlos but i pick mostly like intuition and logic sort of thing but you can also pick like physical you can pick like artistic i mean there's a whole range of like personality types and those have a huge impact on how you see things what kind of options are available to you and as you go through the game you just you look at hotspots. You meet characters, you talk to them, and it's weird, and it's kind of hard to describe, but this is an RPG, and there are people in the world, but mostly the characters that you're talking to are the voices inside your own head, and so each one has a different personality trait, and those correspond to the traits that you have. So, for example, um, I put a lot of stock into like the logic, and so the logic voice comes up a lot, and he'll he'll be like, oh, you know... Here's a clue and here's this thing and I figured this out and that's great. But then there's also like artistic voices and there's also like scared voices and all these different kind of voices pop up and you can decide whether to listen to them or not. And sometimes you don't have enough points and so you can't do the thing that they want you to do or maybe you can. It's really it's a really strange, interesting kind of experimental game that I think so far uh, I really, really like a lot, but I'm not far into it. And the reason for me being it's really dense. And I find that if I if I just have like 20 minutes, like that's not enough time to really get into it and really wrap my head around it. Like I need like like a two hour block to get in and just like really dig into it, like really read all the text, like really think about my choices. Um, And there's a lot of choices to make and a lot of ways to fuck up those choices. I've already fucked up a couple. So I don't like to play when I've only got a few minutes, which means I haven't played a whole lot. But I really like what I've seen so far. Um, And I'm really looking forward to playing more. Now, Carlos. Uh, feel free to add anything if you feel like I have not described it very well. But what is your take on Disco Elysium so far? What do you think about it?
1: Well, before I get to my take, uh, adding to what you were saying about the game, some other uh, kind of features of it, when you said the uh, the voices that talk to you in your own head, basically different <clears throat> versions of your own psyche, um, lots of times it is the same voice. And lots of times it really um, basically is the narrator. Like, So I think uh, it, it helps like describe what your situation is. Mm-hmm. And I found it is for me, it was more like a narration almost of everything that was going on. Um, and then of course, there's a lot of great voice acting. So I'll, I'll definitely give it uh, points for that. Cause there's tons of great characters and they're all voice acted. Uh, I think in the director's cut is why they're all voice acted and maybe the original, they weren't.
0: Oh I, really? I didn't know. Yeah. That.
1: That's what I heard. Uh, the other thing is that, like you said, I, I won't call this a role playing game. I don't think it is at all. And um, I have, some very big issues with this game. We'll really? get That's
0: interesting. I think this is entirely a role. I'll playing explain
1: game. to you why I don't think it's okay. a role okay. playing game because yeah, you're, you're role playing this character, but he's a very defined character, even though <clears throat> people um, give the illusion of that you have empathy and you're focusing on that trait or you're focusing on physical. So you can like do physical things more. That's a very, very small, um, in my opinion, very, very small difference versus like a true role-playing game where you're really leveling up a lot of different things and your character, um, has, I don't know, you're actually role-playing is how you want to see the character be. I just feel like this is an adventure game. Like this feels like a straight up adventure game where you're trying to find the right things to go into the right holes, the right, the right, uh, you know, uh, thing to open the right thing. And, uh, and it just feels like a, a pre-planned adventure game. I, I I don't like this game. I think so. Really? Yeah. And I'm surprised a, to hear that. I am too. It's a controversial maybe, but like I, I that's yeah. It doesn't feel like a role-playing game at all to me because one thing is you're struggling the whole time. Like I'm not sure if like hour ten or however long this game is if I'm going to feel more of a badass because I've upgraded my empathy, you know, or something, or maybe I decided to switch and go to physical and upgrade my physical. And now I feel like. I can have more choices, but in the beginning of the game, for sure, you know, and again, a lot of this expectation don't feel like you're going to be a badass at all. You're just a terrible person. You, like you said, you woke up drunk and you don't know where your badges or your gun is, and you're really just like lost and everything you try to do or try to talk to is difficult. Like you have no money and you have to like go find money on the ground. And it's like, even after I found like two sections of money, I still didn't have enough money to get the one thing I needed for the main quest item. So for me, a role-playing game is about empowerment and and leveling up. And this game is a fucking adventure game where, and I'll definitely listen to your retort, but it's an adventure game where you just are doing the things they want you to do. Yes, you can do it in different ways. Like I'm going to go talk to this person, make this, you know, I'm going to join the, the, the workers who are fighting for their rights or something that just feels like different branching paths on an interactive adventure game to me. And I have a lot well, more to say, but, but I would love to hear your thoughts on that.
0: I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I think, I think you said it correctly when you said it's all about expectations. Right. So like in terms of RPGs, I mean, you could say in any RPG, well, I'm just doing what the developers want me to, because I, there's only so many ways to do this quest and I got to do it this way. I mean, that's true of any game, right? Like we're not like in a life simulation. So I think in this, I get what you're saying about a point and click or like an adventure game. And I do think that you are correct in many ways about that because I, I do think this game very much has that kind of point and click adventure. I need some kind of item to get past here and I don't know how to do it. Mm. But to me, the role playing is about, like, again, like you said, I think you really understand this game very well. You just, you kind of put the nail on the head for me. Uh, is that you're role playing how this character is, like how he interacts with the world? Is he a drunk asshole? Is he a peaceful artist? Is he. Uh, You know, like a a labor sympathizer. Is he a communist? Like, you know, like there's lots of different ways you can play him. And that has real strong repercussions on everybody that you talk to, like the way that you interact with people. So I think it's kind of a role playing in the truest sense of like, I am this guy and I am trying to figure out what my role is. How do I do these things? So I think that part is really good. And you're totally correct in that you are disempowered. And I think that is really the point of the game. Uh, I don't think that there probably will ever come a point in the game where you feel like a badass or that you're rolling through it. I mean, I think the whole point is like this guy is like struggling. He's a fuck up. He's had, you know, he's drinking problem and all this stuff. And so it's just about you trying to like, you know, if you want to make yourself a better person or you can kind of immerse yourself in the rottenness and become an even more rotten person. So to me, that's what it's all about. Like role playing this guy, not necessarily that you're raising stats or that you're going to be like a super character at the end of it. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think it's more about... You know, just the experience of the personality interactions along with the voices in your head. You
1: know? This is a, a, an unusual game to think uh, that this would create this tangent that we have really not talked about in the show yet. And I'm not <clears> sure <throat> if this is the time, because I feel like it's a whole episode. Oh no. But like what is a role playing game? Because that is what we're trying to like uh, bump up against. I agree with the fact that you're role playing this character. So that right. is, I guess true, right? You're, you're being this character who has very defined like start. And if, Everything is uh, to be to be believed about how different the endings could be. That's interesting, but that still to me just feels like an adventure game that has multiple paths, and I can't see the choices. And by the way, they're, they're not like a lot of stats within this psyche kind of menu. I right. can't see those choices in my opinion, and maybe I'll hate pl- finish the game, <laughs> I hate play it, and finish it to see. But I don't see them being as wide of a difference than like other games, or even like, uh, like you said, it, it, you might not ever feel like a badass, and that's fine. But again, there are other role playing games you do. So it is about how you define role playing games. But that is a, a cloudy area to go into. Let me go back to the actual game itself, um, whether it's a role playing game or not. The biggest problems I have with it is one, the disempowerment is not for me. Like I don't like playing a game where I'm just totally powerless and it takes forever, it seems like, to get anything. Like that just is in a world where right now my whole life, my real world Mm -hmm. life is difficult and I've got to like, you know, it takes a lot to get anything. That's like the opposite of what I want to play for fun. Secondly, um, the interface can go fuck right off. On console it can go fuck right off oh really how so oh i'll tell you how so (laughs) i'm glad you (laughs) asked i'm glad you asked how much let's talk about it let's talk about how it can fuck right off so on the ps5 you use the right analog stick to move in the direction of things that are interactable now there's also a left trigger that shows you like you alluded to things that are interactable it doesn't choose everything by the way sometimes i think that left trigger doesn't show everything that's interactable i don't know why But when you do finally decide, okay, this is the door I want to go into, you use your right analog and you point it at it. There's no little arrow when you point. There's no anything when you point. When you use the right analog stick, nothing happens. Unless you happen to be over wherever the exact spot is that they want you to be, then an X will show up. Now, sometimes when you have your right analog pointed at said X, you push X and nothing happens. Then you put, do it again, and then it does work. So basically – and then, by the way, it also repositions the character when you've picked the door you want to work, walk into and moves him in front of the door. Like you can't just go into a fucking door. I hate it so much, Brad, and I have no <laughs> idea how much you – I don't know how you can't.
0: It doesn't bother me at all. Like I, I know what you're saying. It's just. It's just – it's just an interface choice. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, where but you... It, it,
1: didn't you do it where it doesn't get it? It doesn't pick it?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the weird thing where sometimes you'll select like a hotspot. Like, I I, st- I was confused by this. Uh, full disclosure, I was kind of confused by this at first, where you, you start walking towards something, but you can't interact with it. And then I realized, oh, you got to use the right stick to like highlight these hotspots and then pick the hotspot. But then when you pick the hotspot, there's like a little yellow... X or a circle with lions or something on the floor. And then the character has to be standing on that yellow spot in order to interact with the thing that you've highlighted. It's pretty finicky. Like I, I don't think it's the best way to do it. I don't know why they chose that way. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, that's the way it is. And if I'm gonna play this game, I better get used to it. So I just kinda roll with it. I, I mean it's not optimal. But I know it doesn't but, bother me.
1: But for how much we talk about on this podcast, like playability <clears throat> and also portability, when we talk about consoles and porting, like that's the first thing they should have changed. Like just change it. It's a console game. You walk up, you fucking go in the door. Like th- I don't want that to be the reason I stopped playing this game. Like I literally stopped it the other night because I was like, nope, I tried something for four times. And I couldn't get in the I couldn't get in the door to get into the place where I couldn't even afford the thing that I needed. Here, okay, I'm not done. One more thing that I hate. Okay, sure. Yes. I'm very, very angry.
0: I can tell, yes. Because I, I love these
1: developers and I love the art style. There's so much to like here, Brad. I know. But I think I might stop playing this fucking game. So okay. the last thing is this. Again, I don't know what kind of choice you really have. But in the very beginning of the game, just to just to fucking, and this is minor spoilers, just to look at the dead body, which is the main fucking thing of the game. There's a dead body. You're a fucking cop detective. I can't look at the dead body because it, it grosses me out. Oh, I'm grossed out. Now, if I had picked a different physical attribute, maybe it wouldn't have happened. But I picked empathy. Screw me. I picked empathy. Mm -hmm. so now i'm gonna throw up every time i look at the body but not only am i gonna throw up i can't even look at the body that's it right I'm, i'm i'm stopped from the game like the main mission
0: yes not happening
1: so then i go get the ammonia after i could afford the fucking thing after i found change in the alleyway and did all these fucking weird things to get money got the ammonia which i love that lady in the in the store the fritz store she's so funny and then I go back out, get, uh, use the ammonia. I didn't even know how to use it. You don't, it, it, you can't use it. You know, you just, you just have it in your inventory. And I you throw, just take a whiff
0: of it. I guess. I, don't you
1: know. take, I throw up again though. I throw up again, and then he goes, "Yeah, take this ammonia, put it in your nose, or whatever." Yeah, okay, cool. All right, let's come back later. Uh, you still can't look at the body. Now, fuck off. You can't look. You're too sick. We'll come back. We'll come back. What is this game? <laughs> What, we'll come back? That's the main thing? In yeah, every other I, game, you'd be doing the main thing and then make choices. <clears throat> I can't even fucking do the first. Now, did you have the ability to look at the body?
0: No. There are some skills that do Fuck. let you look at the body without a problem. I did not have that skill. So I had the same problem that you had. I I was too nauseous and the body was too gross because it, it was a rotting body and you couldn't get close to it because it smelled too bad, etc., cetera, et cetera. Uh, oh. So, no, I'm still working on that part. Um, I'm doing <laughs> that other part, things. by the way, is
1: the main part, isn't it? Of like it's like the, the very story? first main. Yeah, it is yeah. totally the
0: main part. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those games where I think it's about the experience. It's not really about the doing of the thing where you're kind of like, I think to me, the, the enjoyment I'm getting is the interplay of the voices in your head with the choices that you're making to kind of see the strange reactions you're getting and how this character kind of interacts with the world, I think, is really the main draw. Um, I do agree that it is a little bit of a weird choice that you, they, they make it so difficult for you to do the thing that you're there to do. But I'm assuming that, you know, you press on a little bit, you figure out another way around it. And along the way, you will probably have 25 different interesting conversations and, you know, all sorts of stuff will pop up for you. So I'm, you know, I, friends told me, and I think it was even um, Mike Susky, game critics writer Mike Susky, who direct messaged me the other night. And he was like, hey, just heads up. A lot of people get frustrated because you want to keep moving forward. But this game often makes you delay a lot of those things that you think you should do right away. He's like, just just roll with it. Don't get too frustrated. And, you know, I think that seems to be panning out, right? Like the things that you think would be go here, do this thing, move on are actually like these really long quest chains that kind of take you through all of these other experiences before you get there. So with that knowledge in mind, I think I'm OK to kind of just like absorb it and take it all in. And I'm not really like in a rush. Uh, But I can totally get what you're saying, you know?
1: You know, it's funny is, okay, I'll say a positive and negative. Uh, The positive is, to that point, and why a lot of my friends like it, it is like a story, right? Yeah, tons narrative, yeah. yeah, Do you want to sit down, and that's why I don't think it's a role-playing game, but anyways, do you want to sit down and and really get in these really cool conversations? And yes, role-play, I guess, like choices, interactive fiction, um and, and and really get into it, you know, and like look at some amazing art, some great voice acting. Then fine, that it'll probably be for you. If you want a role playing game, I don't think this is it. If you want uh, a game where you can actually feel empowered, this isn't it. If you want a game where you like, um, yeah, can do a lot in one sitting, this isn't it. So it's a lot of things that it isn't. And so for me, my unpopular opinion is, I think I might hate this game. Um and like i def- i don't think i'm playing it anymore but i see the aspects of why people liked it i do love the art style there's a lot of things to like but it's just so frustrating to me and the more you play to me the more i play i don't the more i get frustrated because i feel like oh by now i should know more about the story i should know more i should have more money or i should have uh, more tools or i should be able to do things easier and then the controls on top of that like really fuck me over because I'm like, oh, now I finally found this place I want to get into and I can't even like I have hit the button like five times, you know, exaggeration, maybe three times. And I finally opened the canister, you know? So yeah. I don't, I really think I really dislike this game. And I think this, I think it's interesting that us and and, and so much of the people that we follow and stuff like that on, online, I think that it's, it's like we're giving them a pass because the other stuff is so good. But if a game wasn't have a, like an incredible art direction and incredible sound and incredible, you know, voice acting, would we give it the same passes? Because I think we've talked about games like this on the podcast and, you know what I mean? It's been much easier to pass on it, but maybe this one inherited a bunch of great will, you know?
0: I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to you on that. I okay, think that please this do. is again, coming down to, to expectations and, recording all these episodes with you and knowing the kind of games that you like i think that this is just not a carlos game which is totally fine i know the kind of games you like you like the numbers to go up you like to have these you know be empowered this is 100 percent not that game right and it seems like all your complaints are about it's not delivering the kind of experience that you feel like you want to get from it but you're not you're not getting what it's actually giving right and maybe that's not for you it's totally fine this kind of reminds me of like a david lynch film or like twin peaks or something right where you're like Hey, man, this David Lynch, like, what the fuck? Like, I feel like it's like episode three. I should know who the killer is by now. What's going on? But it's not about that, right? Like, it's about, like, the atmosphere, the ambiance, the mood, the suggestions. And I kind of feel like it's similar here, where, yeah, there's a murder going on, but that's not really the thing. Like, what you're coming to this game for is about the character writing, the internal dialogue, this character's view on the world, how you can mold this character... And I think disempowerment's a big part of that. I mean, I do agree with you about the cursor stuff. That's kind of weird. I wish they would clean that up. But other than that, I think this is just not your kind of game, and that's totally fine. But I, I do really like what it's doing. And I think it's really different and unique. And I absolutely do think it is a role playing game, like 100% wow. role playing.
1: We'll agree so to disagree then. Yeah.
0: We're going to have to agree to disagree. Yeah. Um, for sure. And
1: but to your point, I mean, <clears throat> like, you, um, David Lynch is one of my heroes i love david lynch i've seen every film i mean that's have you haven't
0: you heard people like watch something of david Lynch's and go what the fuck i don't know whatever right but
1: know, so yes to your expectation right and and expectations everything we talk about all the time on the show no a no but not a yes they had but a no but for the, (laughs) the david david lynch reference because that's a style and substance over like um you know, you, you want to just get in and 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 mix it up with this style that Lynch is presenting. And that could be like a lot of different directors. Right. And you're watching this thing and it's not going to move as fast as you want because it's, he's going to take his time. He's going to do whatever he wants. And but you have to enjoy it. So, like you said, maybe not for me. <laughs> I
0: that's That's literally what you're describing about this game. The only difference is you just don't like this game. But like that structure is literally the thing you just said.
1: Right, but 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 most importantly is what I what I'm finally saying is that yeah, I don't enjoy it. Right, so (laughs) like, and that's
0: it's totally fine, dude. It's totally fine.
1: Yeah, no, but but I guess hmm, I want. I think there's a third thing I was gonna say, but I can't remember now. But uh, I agree with you that is a style, and I don't like the style. I think that's the end of the day. But style of gameplay, right? Not even style of style, because I love the art. We talked about that. I like the voice acting. I just don't like what it's doing. Oh, here's the other thing I was gonna say. Yeah, we can t- we can talk about style all day, and it just is not my thing, and not my jam. But Lynch is my jam. Put that out there. Okay, Sure. sure. Um, but at the same time, like the playability, we're talking about video games too. Like, is difficult. A, and I if that happened one more time, and it's going to because they didn't patch it. So if I boot, boot it up right now, that fucking cursor thing's going to happen again. And the playability part where, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm, I just feel like it's a lot of um, talking and not much playing, like, or even choosing. Uh, I don't know. There's just so much. I mean, that's
0: exactly the kind of game this is though. I mean, you're calling it out and I think it's just as simple as this is just not a Carlos game, which is totally fine. I mean, it's, I'm really enjoying how much talking there is. I'm really enjoying the conversations and I'm, I'm just in the mood for that. Like, I mean, there's probably a million games that you really like that I dislike and vice versa. So I think maybe we're just going to be on opposite ends of this one. I think what this game is delivering is really good and solid. But if you don't like it, I mean, that's that's totally fine, man. You know, like some people really like uh, licorice. I think licorice is fucking disgusting, but some people fucking love it. And it's it's, we're not ever going to agree on that. And it's okay to not agree. No, I
1: love agreeing to disagree. I'm just trying. There's another point I'm trying to make, and I can't think of it. So I'll I'll think of it offline. And I will put it in a tweet somewhere.
0: I don't know. We will do that. All right. So that is Disco Elysium. Seems like we're kind of split on that. Carlos, seems like you're kind of out, which I totally respect 100%. I am going to keep going. I really like this game a lot. My only problem is, like I said, I need to play it in like two hour chunks and I'm having trouble finding that amount of raw time. So this may be kind of a slow play for me. I don't think I'm going to be like getting through it in a week. So I may talk about it another couple times over the next few episodes depending on how fast I get through it. But I definitely, I think it's really cool. I like what it's doing and it's definitely a different sort of thing. Let, so.
1: let, let me say one thing to that because you just reminded me. <laughs> no, no, you remind me what it was. Go, and I'm yeah, going to yeah, ask you it? to do
0: it because if okay. you're
1: going to be the person who reports back, right? <clears throat> sure. I'll I try. think the biggest, yeah, one of the bigger things is, and I want to see if it bothers you because I feel like it will. That's what I'm okay. trying to get okay. at. Okay. Something that might actually bother you about this is the, the the time it takes to do something. That's really what I'm trying to hit here. Like, yes, David Lynch takes a fucking way too long, or, or not too long, just his amount of time, to even do, like, one scene. And you're like, what's happening, you know? So I get that. But that's what I feel like. Mix all those things I just said, the bad controls, which I think they should fix on console, the, you know, l- lack of resources and hard to find things. By the way, we didn't even mention backtracking. There was one scene where I had to go back and forth four times, four times to do one thing. <laughs> and the fact that you can't even look at the dead body yet. That's my main gripe with it. I think I finally figured it out. Is that it's just taking too long to enjoy the world. There it is. I finally arrived at my main gripe. So with that said, and I feel much more uh, at ease with myself that I figured it out. Okay, good. Take that with you when in your playthrough and see if that's the problem. Because I feel like that is is still an issue.
0: All right. I will put that in my back pocket. We will see how it goes. I got to just find the time to play it. So. Okay we'll report back we'll talk about it again in the future i am sure there's disco (laughs) Museum. i'm playing we're both playing the what deluxe directors cut on ps5 there you go uh two more games and then we're out carlos Lux slinger is a game i've kind of had my eye on i don't know a lot about it but it looks so weird i felt like it was worth worth putting on my radar you have played it please tell us about luck slinger
1: yeah let's switch it back around to the positive side i was so aggro just then <laughs> um i don't normally do that and i really wanted to love that game but anyways uh luck slinger is an indie 2d side-scrolling shooter game where you're a cowboy and i think you played a game that was somewhat similar a while ago i forgot what it was a cowboy shooter
0: game didn't you that was 2d um yeah i did there was a uh yes i know exactly what you're Putting talking you on about the I spot, can see it in my sorry. head do not remember what it's called, but okay. yes, there was a 2D rogue-like where you were a cowboy shooting, and it was like pixel-based. Right, games. and I was
1: about to play it, and then I'm uh, I bought this instead. <laughs> um, no, no, no I've forgotten about that one until I picked this up. Uh, Luxlinger is 2D, simple, simple pixel graphics. You're a cowboy. You have a, a pet duck that flies around and is on like rests on your shoulder sometimes. It's a comedic. game. It's an absurd, weird game. Uh, It's funny, we mentioned David Lynch. It's kind of got some Lynchian moments in it. And it's got amazing music, jazzy hip hop beats. And at some point in the game, you actually collect records. So I guess it doesn't take place in the past, but it looks like it does, right? It's like old school cowboys and uh, tumbleweed and you're in the middle of nowhere. But also there's records. So it might be modern day mixed with old timey cowboy stuff. And what you do is you're a Cowboy 2D, side-scrolling, and you go from left to right, and you're shooting bad guys, and there's a story, and the main mechanic that's very interesting, besides obviously shooting at other cowboys with your pistola, is you can collect the luck, and either from bad guys or just randomly killing things in the world. And when you collect luck, you have like a little luck meter, and you can hit L-Trigger on the PlayStation uh, to use some of the luck. Now, how does luck help you? Obviously, part of luck slinger. A bunch of things can happen. It's really cool. So say someone shoots at you, right? And their little bullets come flying at you. You hit the luck button and the bullet might fly away, right? Like it doesn't hit you. It just kind of veers off. It veers off. And it looks really cool when it veers off. Um, and then the other thing is, this is a great one. I use this all the time. Say you're jumping, uh, like, and the jump is really, really far and you don't, not sure if you're going to make it kind of thing in a 2d platformy type, say, uh, way you can hit the luck button in the mid jump and all of a sudden like a little gopher or something will appear and you can like land on it and let like jump off of it. So you don't like fall into the pit. That's interesting. So
0: like random, random things in the whole environment will kind of like. Luckily happened to kind of make your fail into a win.
1: Yeah. Like the platform, like a little platform will basically pop up in this scenario. It was a little mole and he was just there. Um, And then like other bad luck stuff will happen. And so if you don't have like your luck saved up, like bad, bad shit will just happen. Like I was walking by like a water tower and it fell (laughs) and it hit me, you know, (laughs) and I was like, oh shit. And I had no luck. Another good example is I had zero luck and I didn't know that I needed luck for this, but you would have thought I would have. And I found a guy who wanted to play Russian roulette.
0: <laughs> Ooh. And I you, went. You, you should have known you needed luck for that.
1: I know. What's wrong with me?
0: That was silly. I
1: thought it was like based on some other random thing, you know? So I decided to try it. And um, yeah, I, I killed myself. I, I shot myself <laughs> in the head and, and died there. Um, there's also like slow motion deaths. So like when you kill other bad guys or when you get killed, sometimes it is like slow motion stuff. So uh, that's always fun. I love that in 2D games. And it's just got humor in it. It's like a lot of fun humor. You like get to a town and like you can collect records or you can like um, you know talk to the townsfolk and they got their whole thing going on. And I think there's a huge cop presence in my apartment building. Yeah, Sorry, it seems
0: like it. someone's getting busted.
1: It's me. Uh, it's because <laughs> oh they heard my Disco Elysium review.
0: They're like, who's this son of a bitch? Shit talking Disco son Elysium. Of a bitch.
1: Said- Send patrol cars down there. We worked six months on that control port for the PS5. How dare he? <laughs> well, patch it, motherfuckers, because it's broken. <laughs> Somehow I got back to Disco Elysium in my review. Um, I love this game. It's really funny. It's really weird. Uh, it's a kind of, you know, simple game where you're shooting bad guys with your gun, you're jumping, you're platforming. Your pet duck is hilarious, by the way. Your pet duck will, like, go bother the bad guys, you know, like start pecking at them. Or you have a knife in this game, and when you throw it, it doesn't, like, regenerate, so the duck has to go pick it up for you.
0: <laughs>
1: um, there's so much good humor and really good music. Like, they sold the soundtrack, I think, or they have the soundtrack separately. Um, it's like lo-fi hip-hop beats, right? Um, I, I listen to that on YouTube all the time. You just type in chill lo-fi
0: hip beats to study to or whatever. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's fucking great, man. And collecting records, you can like listen to the records on a jukebox in like a saloon, you know, that you collect. Um, really fun. The only, I have one problem with it. And it's a slight problem, but when I fir- found my first boss, I feel like he was way too hard.
0: Uh, and isn't, no. that,
1: isn't that frustrating?
0: Yes. The, yes. Frustrating bosses can very quickly ruin an otherwise good experience.
1: Yeah. I think, I don't know if, I don't think there's really any leveling and, and, in that sense, I'm better at the levels now and I know how to play them better. So I'll probably go back and obviously try the boss again. But it was re- like he had so much health. You know what I mean?
0: You just need like way more luck than you I had I guess I need more or... luck. Yeah, I
1: don't know what would have happened. Um, and actually – that
0: safe falls out of the sky and cracks him on the head or something? That's
1: a good idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go try to get more luck because if I would have had more luck, yeah, I probably – I wouldn't have had to get through all of his life points. And I had, like, no luck, so I was just basically trying to shoot him, you know. Uh, oh, and by the way, he had luck, by the way. The boss had luck. So near the end, I had him down to, like, six health bars. And I shoot at him, and his luck, he turns on, and all my bullets go flying.
0: Oh, man. Okay, so there you go. So may, So clearly, I mean, it's kind of a giveaway in the title, Luck Slinger. So maybe there's, like, a luck mechanic with this boss that maybe you need to leverage a little bit more, perhaps. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think this Disco Elysium police are after me again.
0: <laughs> they are looking for your ass, they Carlos. Really? Where want, is this guy?
1: They can't find me though. That's the thing. I'm in a secret bunker on the top floor <laughs> of a regular apartment building. Uh, that's my review. I think I think everybody should go check out Luxlinger. It's really where cheap. You,
0: where are you playing it right now?
1: Uh, PS5. It's uh, on the PS4 store. It's like ten dollars, I think, on sale right now or something.
0: Would this work well on the Switch? I was looking at it. Oh yes, yeah. for Switch.
1: Okay. Yeah, it'd be great on the Switch. It's a yeah, it's super 2D, super old school graphics, really funny, awesome music. Uh, it's a treat. It's a treat. I just have to get more luck.
0: All right, Luxlinger. That sounds like a win. And like I said, that was one I had my eye on. You have now confirmed that I was correct to keep my eye on it, and it will probably pop for it as soon as we get off of this show one more game before we wrap up um it's a big game but we're not going to spend all that much time on it uh, people have been asking when i was going to start talking about monster hunter rise monster just came hunter. out for the switch everybody knows if you read game critics or if you've listened to this podcast for a long time i'm a monster hunter dude from from a long time ago not from the very start but i've played all the monster hunter games and i've spent a lot of time with the series like like a lot lot time with the series um, played them all finished them all uh, even the ones on the PSP where you had to like do a little claw motion with your finger uh, played everything and I, I, I love the series um, some of them I like more than others but I'm definitely like a Monster Hunter guy it's kind of my thing in a lot of ways we've got like posters and figures and t-shirts and all that mugs all that kind of shit in my house we definitely are a Monster Hunter house my wife Loves Monster Hunter as well, and playing with her is like one of the joys of my existence. Uh, both of my kids also dip into Monster Hunter. Not as much as we do, but they do play, so that's also good times. Monster Hunter Rise is the newest game from Capcom in this storied franchise. And it is it is a revelation in many ways. Now, Monster Hunter, if, if you don't know, it is third-person, real-time action. It's all about... Taking a hunter, uh, selecting from one of a variety of different weapons. I think there's probably like 12 different weapons, maybe 16 different weapons. I've lost count at this point. Uh, But there's all sorts of different things. Giant swords, bows and arrows, guns, uh, dual blades, sword and shield, lance, all sorts of stuff. Like there's, there's a weapon out there for everybody, right? And you can play solo or you can play in a group. And you go into the story mode and just fight these really big monsters. It's basically kind of a boss rush sort of a game where the the focus of each level is just fighting like one huge monster or another. And they all come in different flavors, right? Some are really big and chunky. Some are small and snake-like. Some can fly. Some do fire. Some do ice. Like there's a whole like this really wide variety of monsters. And you just have to go in there, learn their tells, learn their moves, learn how to dodge them. Every time you beat a monster you kill them or trap them but either way you get some pieces from that monster and use those pieces to create armor and weapons that make you stronger and therefore you are more equipped to take on the next monster it's a pretty good loop pretty fun it's not for everybody because it's a pretty difficult game and there's a lot of learning involved on top of the fact that uh, historically capcom is pretty ass about tutorials and about explaining the game like it's one of those experiences where If you want to get the most out of it, you're going to have to find a wiki. You're going to have to find a YouTube video. You're going to have to find somebody who knows the game inside and out, and then they're going to have to answer a bunch of questions. Uh, Capcom is terrible at explaining this game, which has always been really frustrating for me. But uh, Rise is actually a really good point of entry for anybody. Um, So full disclosure, if you've played Monster Hunter before and you didn't like it, Nothing has changed about that. Like, this is not going to change your mind, right? I mean, this is basically the same formula. You're going to see a lot of the same monsters. Same loop. But if you want more of that, this is quite possibly the best one that's ever been. uh, For the reason being that they have streamlined the fuck out of this game. Um, Like, a lot of really drastic changes. A lot of many, many, many micro changes. Many medium-sized changes. Like, they really took the time to examine the monster formula and they just they took a look at it and said you know what is what is worth keeping and what is not worth keeping and they have jettisoned so much cruft like i i was shocked like really shocked at a lot of the choices would you say they um, iterated they it, they mega iterated mega like iterated. like hardcore like like legitimately not just like a tweak here tweak there but they really looked at the fundamental identity of the game and they're like back in the day monster hunter right hunting hunting was a big part of the concept so you would like Look for tracks. You would, you know, craft some things. Like a lot of the game was like preparing to go on the hunt. Like you'd collect the items you would need to get your sharpening stone for your sword, and you'd have to make some bullets, and you'd have to collect some things to make some food. Make sure you packed your bag. Like, like that whole thing was like part of the experience, right? And the game has iterated so many times over the years. Capcom has now looked at it and said, okay, so what is the fun of Monster Hunter? The fun is in fighting the monsters. It is monster Monster Hunter. Fighting the monsters, that's what everybody likes. That's the that's the key thing. And so they have drastically cut back on all of the supporting stuff. To a longtime player like me, shocking, very shocking that they would get rid of some stuff. I'll give an example. For example, uh you go to like a desert location. In every single monster hunter game, I think up until now, it's hot in the desert, and your hunter is wearing a bunch of armor. So you would have to bring a cool drink, literally an item called cool drink, to wit to bring with you so that when you're in the desert, you drink your cool drink, and it cools you down for like five minutes. If you run out of cool drinks, your hunter gets really, really hot, they lose stamina, you lose fighting effectiveness, and then the monster probably wails on you because you did not prepare effectively for the environment. That is the thing that has been in Monster Hunter forever, like since the beginning. That is gone. Totally gone. Um, It may not seem like a big thing to a lot of people, but to old-timers like me, it was really surprising to see that stuff was gone. And it's just been replaced with... Nothing. You just go to the desert and you're just there. It's fine. You don't get too hot. You don't get tired. You just fucking fight in the desert. Now, at first I was like, that's bullshit, but I calmed down for like five minutes and (laughs) I'm like, okay, is it really worth keeping? And honestly, no, it's not like, it's not. It's just an extra step that you go through another kind of a bullshit busy work step to do. And now that I've been playing the game with changes like that, like, I don't really miss it. Right. Like it's, it was flavor. It was kind of fun. To do something like that it was neat that capcom tried to make these little concessions to the real world but it didn't matter right another example is paintballs paintballs were a thing you had to collect the items from the wilderness collect like a paintberry and get an empty shell and like combine the things in your crafting back at your hut back home you make a little paintball you find a monster you're fighting the first fucking thing you always had to do was hit him with a paintball because that way it would make him show up on your map if you did not paintball the monster and he left you had no fucking idea where that monster went. He could be anywhere on the map, and yeah. you just like were an asshole looking around trying to find the monster. Paintballs do not exist anymore. And again, that's one of those legacy things where I'm like, oh my god, how can you possibly get rid of paintballs? Well, pretty fucking easy to get rid of paintballs. You just have to like get used to the idea that they don't exist anymore. Wait, does because the monster
1: still show up though?
0: Yeah, they just show up on the map twenty four seven. That's
1: great. This is all this e- all sounds good.
0: Yeah, I mean it's stuff like that where if you If you knew Monster Hunter for all these years, you're used to the legacy stuff. You're used to the hoops to jump through. You just kind of accept it. But if you can get past the idea that things are changing for the better, it's a much better experience. It's way more streamlined. There's like a thousand little choices like that where they just said, do we really need this thing? Does it really add value? If the answer is no, we ax it. And they got rid of so much stuff. It's like they get you into the fights as quickly as possible. Tons of little decisions that kind of speed things up to get you into the fight. When you're in the fight, They've added um, all sorts of, like, many different options. You have a dog now. They never had dogs before in Monster Hunter. And the whole focus of the dog is to make you run fucking faster so that you can get to the monster faster. No more fucking walking around slow, looking for the monster. You know where the monster is. And the dog takes off like a fucking rocket, and he takes you straight to where the monster is. Saves your fucking time, right? There's also these things called wire bugs, which are kind of complicated at first. But once you figure them out, they give you all sorts of different mobility options. They let you dodge and move and go vertical. Those look Tons really of options. cool, by the way. Oh, it's so it's like once you know how to use them, they're fucking awesome. Bec- I love Wirebugs. Yeah,
1: because you said again, I haven't played it yet, but like the idea and what I've saw in the videos is that you can move and maneuver around monsters in, oh, dude, in all yes. new ways. Which again, yes, for someone who loves action RPGs like, like me, like that seems like really a cool addition. Oh my god! Quick, yes. Can I ask one more question though yeah, about the, yeah. going yeah. back to the survivability for survivability's sake? Um, I'm a fan of like getting rid of Cool Drink. I didn't know that you would be, so I'm kind of surprised to hear that you're down with that, which is good, because I feel like you're like a stickler for old-school Monster Hunter. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad that you're like yes ending it, because I agree with both those changes, that those both sound great, and having a mount to go to the monsters faster is something oh, I like. Yeah. Um, I know that we didn't see eye-to-eye Eye on Monster Hunter World, but I did have a fun time with that game, and I feel like they did speed up a lot of things and just like got me... You know, it was more of an action RPG kind of style. Sure. But um the question I had is the only question I need to ask for this whole review.
0: You, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Fuck.
1: And for those <laughs> don't listen or listening at home who don't know what I was gonna ask, I was gonna ask, do you have to sharpen your sword? And the answer is yes.
0: That is a vital part. But I will tell you they've actually even made choices to that. Okay, uh, I'm so listening. The changes to this are there are skills that let you speed it up. There are also other skills that you can do that like like double speed it up, and then they also give you a permanent whetstone, so you never have to collect the whetstone. You're never out of a whetstone, but you do have to sharpen your weapon because that is kind of part of the strategy: is how sharp is your weapon, how tough is a monster's armor, how many hits can you get off before you need to recoup. I don't know if that's ever going to go away. I'm mm. fine with like sharpening still being there, um, but yeah, there's always a permanent whetstone. You can always do it at any point, and it just it's faster. You can make it even go even faster if you want it to go faster. It's, you know, it's there. It's a thing that's pretty okay. Key to right. the Monster Hunter experience, right. but anyway, so like a lot of stuff like that, um, where you just they have just really it's the same game, and yet it is not the same game because they have really made it way more fast, friendly, approachable. There's less stuff to maintain, there's less downtime, uh, really streamlined. So if you were an old school player that really loves, the getting into like all of like the the farming and the item crafting and the searching for materials and the preparation. I mean all of that is drastically reduced. And if you like that part, I mean I don't know what to tell you. It's not there. But I gotta be honest with you, like even even me, old school, longtime Monster Hunter player who was a diehard fan of the series, once I got past that initial surprise That all these things that used to be there are no longer there. I realized it's okay that they're not there. Like, it's a better experience. They get to the fun faster. It's easier to um, get new players in. Although, it's still not that easy. But easier. Uh, And I think they just made a lot of really fucking smart decisions. And it's super playable. It's great on the Switch. The online is really strong. I had some problems playing locally, I will say. Locally did not work very well with me. Because uh, my wife, son, and I were in the same room. We kept getting dropped players. That was not fun. But the online is rock solid. I've never had a problem with online. Uh, it's quick. It's good. And I will say also, for those people who may want to try Monster Hunter but don't want a lifetime commitment, it comes with the shortest story single-player campaign that's ever been in a Monster Hunter. I think I finished it in 35 hours, Whoa. Uh, which is like the blink of an eye for Monster Hunter, which you know traditionally is several hundred hours long. Um, you can finish that story campaign, roll credits in like 35 hours. And walk away. You've had a really good experience. You can call it good. You can feel good about yourself, and that's fine. Of course, there's an ocean of content left if you want to get into it. But I appreciate that they make it quick to get in and out. And if you just like a taste, you get a taste. Are they and doing? Then you move on.
1: Are they doing that because they are kind of betting on the online part of it? You think?
0: I mean, I think I think they want to accommodate all people, right? Because there's some people who like don't want to do online. Some people who never want to play with other people. Which I will say, I've had really great experiences um, online. Uh, but, you know, some people just like to get in and finish a game. Some people just really like to roll credits. I mean, I'm one of those people. I like to roll credits. And I, I appreciate that they didn't put it behind 200 hours, right? Some people don't have that kind of time. Yeah. Maybe you only kind of like the game and don't really want to spend your life playing it. And I respect that they let you finish it. But tons and tons and tons and tons of optional stuff after you roll credits. Like, like it's not even like the game is even over. It's just a place where the bus stops. And if you want to get off, you can get off. If you want to keep riding, that bus is going to keep on going for like a real long time afterwards.
1: Interesting. I think, um, you know, I know that your first answer if I asked you, uh, Brad, should I play this, would be no. Because you know that I generally don't like uh, a lot of things about Monster Hunter. But I did like Monster Hunter World. And the things you're saying make me feel like I could probably get in and get a permanent (laughs) whetstone. And uh, and enjoy some of the things that they fix. And I love those wire bugs, at least how they look. And the fact that you can ride on monsters, which is a new oh, thing. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a whole new thing. So too, I yeah. don't know.
1: I, I, I'm i guessing you're going to still tell me not to play it, but I might.
0: I mean, take a look at it if you're tempted to go for it. My advice would be no, because I think it's still the same core Monster Hunter that I think that maybe you you like the idea of, but maybe you don't actually like the reality of. Hmm. But, you know, it's it's good. It's the best it's ever been, I think. I think that's a real strong candidate for best ever. Okay. Um and they're only going to be supporting it for the next year i mean they're going to have new dlc coming this month and they're going to be expanding some more monsters some more quests. i mean it's it's a great thing i'm 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 already like probably 45 hours into it right now and we're playing a little bit every day it's a great thing to dip in and dip out uh and i love honestly um just playing with other people this is one of the few online experiences where i really like jumping in with others i play with a lot of um players from japan where we do like little emotes to each other, and they uh, help each other out. It's just really fun. Really great, good, bite-sized experience. Works great on the Switch. Uh, it's the best Monster Hunter for anybody who's ever wanted to play a Monster Hunter. With that said, you're still going to have to do some research and some homework. It's not super accessible, but it is the most accessible.
1: Yeah, well, that's very Monster Hunter of it. <laughs> yeah, very, very much so, for sure.
0: Monster Hunter Rise on Switch. I think it's great full review coming at game critics and uh i will be reporting on it again at some point in the future
1: oh yeah i'm sure you will high praise and before we go though i had one more thing that was on the list that you skipped i did what was it uh i just wanted to tell people quickly that i got back into diablo 3
0: oh no, diablo 3 i forgot about that my it's apologies okay. man yes
1: here's a real quick thing about it we're talking about mm-hmm. like you know dungeons and dragons type games so let's talk about diablo for a second So I've been waiting for Diablo 4. Like a lot of people uh, love Diablo 3, played hundreds of hours of it. Quick side story, went back to my PlayStation, PlayStation 5, uh, looked at my PS4 library version of Diablo 3, and it's locked. And this could be a tangent. I'll try to make it quickly. But in PlayStation, if you have bought a game on a different system, sometimes it's locked because you have to, like, restore the license.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: It's real creepy. Again, there's a huge tangent. I won't go on it. I didn't get it unlocked. I didn't understand what I had to do because my old PS4 Pro's in the closet, and I didn't think I had to boot it up or something. I don't know. I didn't want to do any of that business. I also had not bought the full, full, like, complete, super deluxe version of Diablo 3. <clears throat> so I used this as an excuse to just buy it again. So I am that crazy person who bought it again. But the reason I bought it again was because uh, I saw something on PlayStation 5 on the homepage. It says, season 23 of Diablo is here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I've been on, like, in the distance, not understanding that seasons were happening. Did you have any oh. idea that was happening?
0: oh yeah dude that's been going on for a while that's been the way that they've been kind of turning it into like a game as a service even right. though it originally wasn't that yeah i so.
1: literally had no idea it's like i was been living under a rock a, a real <laughs> true rock so i see that and I go oh that game is my addiction like you know what i mean it's just a very easy hey kid come over here do you want some candy that's a bad example
0: would you say that diablo 3 is an rpg Oh, nice. Yes, of course I would. Oh, that's interesting because I would say that it's not. It's
1: an action RPG. You're just saying it's not just to to, to play Devil's Advocate. <laughs> I know because I heard, I heard your lie in your voice just now. <laughs> I can hear Brad's lies.
0: Anyways, I think Diablo 3 is great. I picked it up on PS5 and I put some time into it and I think it's great.
1: So it's so addictive, though. That there's some sort of thing that's in that that is drugs. Okay. There's drugs in Diablo 3. Let's call that the title. Uh, well, no, we should talk about another game like Disco Elysium title. But, uh, anyways, Diablo 3 is amazing. I went back to it. And here's the fun, quick fact if you are like me, you love Diablo 3, maybe you're already been playing the seasons. But if you're like me and you didn't even know they existed, until Diablo 4 comes out, it is that, that uh, drug that you want, the kind of just fun addictiveness of Diablo. And what they do is they basically have these um, uh, seasons, and you can make a season character. So when you make each season, you might already know this, Brad, I'm not sure, but you start over. So you have a brand new character, level one. Nothing nothing with him. He's got no accoutrement, right? Yes. And what they do is they unlock, if you if you pick a seasonal character and you make one as a seasonal character, that's a difference. You don't have to go through the campaign. You just go right to adventure mode. And in adventure mode, everything's open and you unlocked. And you just have to yep. go to wherever you want and level up. And it's... Fucking fun because it's like oh my goodness I can do any any landmass any anywhere I can handle you know with my level I'll do and then I can get all those loot drops and then you beat bounties and in the season you're basically following along a little chart you know and you got to check off like I got five bounties in Act One or something and you do all those and you supposedly you have to get through all of that before the season's over and then you get prizes essentially uh, yep. it's not about the prizes for me yeah if I finish the season that's cool. It's just another, like, yeah, like you said in the beginning, another reason to play that game, and it is so, so addictive. I literally just pick it up for five minutes, and that's two hours.
0: Um, yeah, you know, it's a great idea. I, I, I have never played Diablo three all the way through. I think we mentioned on the show earlier. I played it when it first came out, and it was a wreck, and it was terrible shape when it first came out. A um, lot of problems, and so I bounced. Uh, but it's been a while since then. It's in much better shape now. I, I played a bit a while ago and I thought it was really fun. I plan to come back to it. Um, just to, just do the, the basic campaign. I mean, I'm not, I don't have enough time to really get into seasons and shit like that, but
1: well, um, well, well, yeah, what, I, I
0: know. But hold on real quick to, to, to
1: that point. You said not enough time to get into seasons. It's actually quicker to get in and out to do the season.
0: Oh, right. But you remember, I'm one of the guys that likes to roll credits though. Right. So oh, like the right, season right, thing right, is, right, like, right. is like, is like just a repeated I need a reason you're to right, play, right, right, I'd rather. Yeah, just, there's
1: like, lore you know, bits that happen in adventure mode, and if you don't already know them, you'll be like, "What?"
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I like to rope So that's that's the difference for me. But I think it's a great idea. Kind of puts it on the same kind of path as like Fortnite or something, where the whole thing resets every season. You kind of work your way up the skill tree. I think I first came into this idea with um, what's that other path of uh, what's the other path of exile? Path of Exile. I think that was where I first saw the season idea. And then you know I don't know who like who stole it from who or who came up with it first, but yeah, it's it's kind of all the rage in these uh, action action RPGs. And,
1: yeah, and we talked about that game on this podcast, and I I had such a problem with that playability of that game, yeah, that I had a bounce. But like Diablo, I know, you know, like yeah, there's problems I have with it. But once you Diablo three is a perfect example of, and what I was saying earlier, you know, the style of game when you power up, you feel you know it's an empowerment oh, sure. thing, and so even to the fact of like. Which is very unique. It's almost Monster Hunter ish, like. And tell me if I'm wrong, but like as you level in Diablo, your maneuverability gets better, which is weird. It's almost like they they strip you of like all ability to even move. If you remember this in the very very base version of a character in Diablo, when you attack, you can't move.
0: Which uh, okay. Path yeah. of Exile
1: yeah. does, and I, and I hated. And maybe if like I leveled up more, then I would have had this, but like. After a while, you get level, like, your ability to attack is more of a sweeping motion. And then you can roll. And there's all these different things that, like, make you move fast. So it's an interesting game. But holy shit, it's drugs. Diablo 3 is drugs. And and I'm in. I'm fully back in now.
0: Speaking of which, I may be wrong about this, but I thought I saw somebody saying that Diablo 2 was finally getting a console port. Is, yeah, is it's getting a remaster,
1: and it looks beautiful, and I can't wait for it.
0: And I will buy it that is exciting news i really liked the first diablo and i never played diablo 2 even though everybody said that was the one to play uh i just did not have a pc I think at that I time
1: did. i don't know if i rolled credits but it's it's worth it's like demon souls it's like that uh, amazing of a upgrade you know graphics wise yeah
0: yeah that's what i heard everybody said that was that was the shit and i never got into it so i definitely would be interested in dipping into that when it comes to uh PS5 or the Xbox. We'll, we'll talk about Family for sure. and consoles. Whatever, yeah, for sure. For sure. All right.
1: Any last bits or are we good to go? No, that's it. I got that off my chest Diablo 3 drugs. All
0: right. There we go. All right, folks. Thank you very much. That is it for the show today. But before we go, as you know, we love to get questions and comments. Please hit us up. So Video Games Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter as a show at So Video Games. But you can reach us individually. Carlos, where can people find you this week?
1: YouTube.com slash a lot of things. A lot of videos and a lot of things.
0: Excellent, excellent. As for me, same as usual. Instagram and Twitter, B R A D G A L L A W A Y. All A's, no O's, and that's going to do it for episode two two seven. Thank you once again for joining us here on the So Body Games Podcast, and we'll see you next Friday. But before you go, don't forget we got Godzilla versus Kong spoilers coming oh, yeah. up in one second. Almost <laughs> yeah. forgot, but it's coming up. But we're gonna wrap the show first. So if you don't want to be spoiled, this is the end of the show. You can stop right here. Don't miss anything. If you want those spoilers. Hang on for one more minute. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And this is
1: Bah Humbug. Fix your controls, Disco Elysium. right analog stick and go suck it. (laughs) I kind of thought of that one.
0: All right. Here is a spoiler warning for Godzilla vs. Kong. We're going to spoil basically everything about this crappy movie. So if you don't want to be spoiled, please stop listening now. Otherwise, three, two, one, and we're going to spoil everything. I... Hated this movie, Carlos. Did you like? You didn't like this movie either. No,
1: I I was hate watching it while on my phone. I literally like I ne- I never like pick up my phone like while I'm watching a movie that I'm really into. And I was like, no, fuck this thing. Like, uh, y- yes, it's a spectacle. If you went and saw it, or if you can like I don't know, rent out a whole theater for yourself. I guess people are doing that. Uh, or like later on when it's more safe to go back out into theaters, you go watch it and see it in a big big screen. I guess that's a thing, you know, like people see movies just for that. And, and I'm very lucky and we're lucky that it was on HBO and just watch it in the comfort of your home. And I really basically just watched it because it's a brand new film and it's a 4k thing a UHD and like, let me see the spectacle. You know, I didn't expect it to be good. So even though my expectations were low, I still didn't like this. Like, Ah, yes, painful, it's painful. And my my real quick synopsis before I even get into any of it, really, is that it's just they did. They had so much they could have done with this, like the actors, uh, that one guy from Atlanta is in it, too, and and the the girl from Stranger Things. And there's just so many people that I that I like. And I think there's like a missed opportunity here, like an actual story, maybe, or like, you know, like some depth or you know advancement in character or anything you do in movies (laughs) could have been in this but it just felt like a cookie cutter uh like look let's look at the graphics and 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 also like really not make sense like a huge portions right like you're like wait but shouldn't they be scared or why are they just okay with that or what are they doing you know like a lot of those moments
0: this, yeah, and I think a lot of it really stems from the fact that they're trying to create like this like monster verse where it's like this interconnected universe of monsters fighting each other. And I think that they're they're getting blinded by the fact that they want an MCU of their own, Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you can't do that until the movies are good. Like people forget the MCU didn't just exist; they had like three or four or five movies that were all really good on their own. Before they had a cinematic universe, and that's really what's missing, right? So, like, these movies did not start out connected. Like, the first Godzilla came out in 2014. The reboot Godzilla, of course, not the first one. Um, I, you know, some people seem mixed on it, and I'm really confused by that because I've watched it many times. I think it's a great film. The 2014 Godzilla, I think, is excellent. Is that with Matthew it's, Broderick? No, that's the one that was from before that. That was like in the 90s. or Oh, more. okay. Um, that was a bad one. Um, <clears throat> the one in 2014 really shows Godzilla's scope. It treats him as like this supernatural force of nature. Like it really shows his impact on the city. It comes in on a couple people as they kind of survive the onslaught of Godzilla. It's a really great film. Uh, Skull Island, Kong Skull Island came out after that. An amazing film. That is a really good film. King Kong looks amazing in that. It's got some great fight scenes, but also it's got some great story. Talks about like this group of soldiers that go there and they kind of just like have this real chip on their shoulder about taking him down and there's people on the, I mean, whatever. Like it's, it's a great movie on its own. Both those two movies I think are great. That's why I was so excited. Unfortunately, they came in with, um, Con- Godzilla King of monsters and just fucked the whole thing up because they wanted to make it like a cinematic universe. And in doing so, my big problem with this is they have number one, come up with a bunch of backstory that is like the most far fetched, like ridiculous horseshit that just doesn't even make sense. And on top of that, they just don't put any effort into the script. Um, or explain people, anything. Or explain anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like punching monsters and having buildings fall down is awesome, but like that doesn't excuse the fact that you need to do a good job on the rest of the movie. And in fact, uh, Mike Rougeau, who is uh, an online games guy and also a movie critic, uh, put out a review of this game. Come this game, Godzilla vs Kong of this movie. And he said basically the same thing. Like this, it's spectacle, but you need to have something besides spectacle. Spectacle doesn't excuse a stupid script. And he got torn apart on the internet, which I think was not, was really? not. Uh, yeah, he got he got tons of hate. A lot of people really want to stand up for this movie and say you shouldn't think too hard about it because it's about Godzilla King Kong. Yeah, it is, but it doesn't have to be stupid. And I'll give you some examples, right? So in re recreating the origins of these monsters and trying to create this monster verse. They have rewritten like the origins and instead of Godzilla being the result of radioactive tests underground and instead of King Kong being just like a prehistoric leftover, like they kind of make up all this fucking horseshit about the earth being this like magical battleground for like apex predators and they're the true gods of earth and they have all this history that we don't know about and we're like the race that comes later and there can only be one apex monster and he controls all the other one and it like it throws away like all of the common sense origin which really isn't like who cares about the origin anyway right like i don't think the exciting part about godzilla is where he comes from i think it's about what you do and what he fights and it just it should just make sense right but in this game in this i keep saying it's a game it's not a game knock it off brad (laughs) in this fucking movie it shows that king kong's origin is that he comes from a race of intelligent super apes which lived in the core of the earth who have traditionally been the enemies of Godzilla, and he finds the throne room of the King Kong people, and on the throne room they have rechargeable radioactive axes which are made from the pieces of Godzilla. (laughs) And I'm like, what is even happening here? Like, what is going on? Just
1: listen to that sentence. It sounds crazy.
0: It's fucking crazy and stupid and insane, and it's like a really big deal for them to get to the center of the Earth, but at a later point in the movie, Godzilla somehow, like, ESP senses that, that King Kong is in the center of the earth. He shoots his laser to the core of the earth. And then King Kong just like climbs up. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sorry. He climbed up through the entire crust of the earth. Yep. Really? And it took him like a minute. And
1: before I like, remember for them to get there, it was a big deal. They had to go through. Yeah. This it was like, it was impossible. Yeah. yeah.
0: Space time, vortex anomaly, yeah. whatever. And like, there's so many fucking stupid things in this movie. Like the whole point of going to the center of the earth was to find this special energy that they needed. And they find the energy. And this girl like takes a picture of picture of it. And she uploads the picture, and then all of a sudden they have the energy. I'm like, wow, that's not really how energy works. <laughs> that is you guys. How
1: energy. That's actually, I know that's actually how energy oh my works. God. By the way, we oh we have God. to stop in there for a minute because I I do, again, yeah, I didn't know that they were going to kind of tr- create this whole backstory, but I didn't need to know because I was just watching a movie, right? And as it's I'm watching a reg- unnecessary, right? Yeah, but as I'm watching a regular movie, it was me just talking to myself, just watching it alone. When they introduced Hollow Earth, because I was like, wait, wait. Did someone not tell me that Hollow Earth is in this movie? Like, Hollow Earth. Are we, are we talking about the same Hollow, the, the hollow Earth, right? That's yes. in this movie. So I was yeah. just still baffled that that was even in it. And then here's the fucking kicker is they get to Hollow Earth. Humans, for the first time, humans get yes. to Hollow Earth for the first time. No facial reactions. If, <laughs> if you look at all the people in the spaceship, they're like, huh, it's okay place.
0: Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, neat. They look neat. Trees. The little girl yes.
1: who's the best actress in this whole movie, um, and she was actually giving like good, you know, performances through the whole movie. She doesn't say anything either. She's not crying, yes. doing a little. Mo- the the girl, the woman who's like taking care of her or whatever, she just like blindly like looking out, going like, huh, like literally no reaction. So they a introduce a fantastical idea of the hollow earth. B when they get there, nothing happens. Like they, it's not a big deal. And then C, to your point, they also add a bunch of history where there's like oh God. axes with electricity from
0: Godzilla. So, so fucking stupid, you know. And so apparently, the existence of Mecha Godzilla in this movie was spoiled. I actually wasn't spoiled on it. I didn't realize that he was even in the movie. I got spoiled on it the day the movie came out because some asshole jumped on Twitter and gave like a full movie synopsis in one tweet, which I just happened to see. Oh, no! Nice. I was very upset about that. But like the Mecha Godzilla thing was fucking stupid. I mean, he needs. Like, he needs the energy that's in the core of the Earth, but you've never been to the core of the Earth, so how do you know that there's energy there? And even if there is energy, how do you know it's the right energy? And how do you get the energy when all she did was upload a GIF of the energy? It's not the actual <laughs> it's energy. It's a GIF, that's hilarious. I mean, seriously. And then, like, they have Mecha Godzilla, and they try to tie it into their MonsterVerse, right? So Mecha Godzilla is actually controlled by the skull of Ghidra, who was killed at the end of King of Monsters, because his DNA is some kind of a supercomputer, and they figured out that his skull has telepathy. Because he was a three-headed monster and the other skulls were talking to each other. So they jack a guy into the Matrix, into the skull, but then the skull... Takes, takes over. Over? Yeah, that's the big thing. I'm like, that's what is kicker. even happening in this fucking movie? Because it is oh it's crazy. From what you
1: just said doesn't make sense so anyhow. And again, Joe Schmo, who doesn't know or isn't can't follow along, you know, fast enough to get that that's what's happening with that skull. Because for me, I'm just like, oh, there's a skull in a the room, and there's a bunch of wires in it, and there's a person controlling that skull. I guess that's what's happening. And then all of a sudden the skull takes over the guy and kills him. So Thank now a God. spirit is fighting a spirit. It's s- like the- <laughs> spirit. Mech. Mechzilla.
0: Oh my God. Like, so like, like, all, like the, the problem I have, the underlying problem I have with these movies is like, you're putting in a bunch of shit that doesn't need to be there. And the stuff that you're putting in is fucking nonsense. Mecha Godzilla is cool. It could have just been, Hey, we're tired of getting beat up by Godzilla. We want our own version. Simple. Simple answer. That's what they've always done in every fucking Mecha Godzilla movie because he's been in the movies like 25 times. Why did you have to change the origin? Why did you think that a DNA telepathic skull with no skin on it connected up to wire was going to change the internet and take over? Like I was like, what is even happening? Yeah. None of this stuff makes sense. It, like, And anybody who stands up for this movie and says, don't think too hard about it, I feel like is like, fuck off, okay? Because it's fine to have a monkey and a big dinosaur punching each other But it doesn't have to be fucking stupid, and it doesn't have to talk down to the audience. And if you're going to play it for laughs, then play it for laughs, but that's not what's happening here. These guys are trying to create a legit new universe of interconnected movies, and it's fucking stupid. It is fucking stupid, and I'm the biggest fan of this shit. I love kaiju. I love monsters. I should be the number one fan, and I think this is trash.
1: Yeah, exactly. Coming from someone who likes the the monster fights, that's a that's a big thing. Um, not to go back to I saw black clouds, but that is that kind of thing. Like decide, like pick a lane, right? And the, I think the people who say, "Oh, just have fun with it," because it's two big things fighting each other, it's it's it hurts my brain. I think if you have like any brain. It's gonna hurt it if because basically it's like taking logic and throwing out the window, but not throwing it far enough out the window. You yes, know what I mean? exactly, you're, exactly. You're like, oh, but it's actually kind of realism, and here's a bunch of real things you need to to, to focus on, or or like here's some grounded characters, but then here's some non characters. Right here's a person yeah. who is not even a like that the main guy there, the main guy, uh, scientist, whatever. He's flying the ship, you know. Yeah, He felt like a, a video game character, an NPC or something. He just wasn't a real person. Like, I didn't believe in anything that he was doing. And then the little girl I did, and the girl that, like, I looked after her, kind of, they seem like real characters. But even, like, the girl from Stranger Things, and then uh, the guy from Atlanta, and then the other kid, he's in a really good movie, the Australian kid.
0: Yeah, I know the kid. They're
1: all about. great people, but they just don't work together, and they also don't work... Like, they don't give them any room room to breathe and become a character. They're just shifted off to China in a space pod. Again, this, this is why it doesn't work for the people saying like, just, Oh, have fun. You're not letting me have fun.
0: (laughs) It's too many stupid shit happening. And it just, it rips the immersion away from me. I can't enjoy the movie because all I'm seeing is plot holes and nonsense that does not need to be there. Like this is, this is way too complicated and none of it holds together. And I can't enjoy the movie when all I think about is how stupid it is and how, ridiculous and asinine this script is it's a terrible script it's a terrible there's a script
1: i didn't know that you know know there was one
0: it's just it's it makes me really sad dude because i was excited for this i will always be a fan of 2014 godzilla i will always be a fan of kong Skull island both of those are great films i recommend them both but jesus h fucking christ every movie that's come after that is fucking terrible and they are running these into the ground, and I am just really sad and depressed
1: about it. Well, well, I don't think, unfortunately, you'll get another one for a while, unless it's a different studio, maybe.
0: Because This movie made a ton of money. It made a bunch of well, money. Well, it can it make money, really well. but
1: there, there's a difference in, like, will the next movie get greenlit based on other I stuff? Mean, I'm not sure. Who, knows? who um, knows? I will say this last thing, though, is the other thing that takes you out of it. Oh, it's just so ridiculous. And I know it happens in old-school Godzilla movies, and I think you know what I'm going to say. But... I guess in the old school ones, we didn't care as much or whatever. But, like, again, if you're throwing realism next to Fantastical, the realism is going to start popping into our heads. And what I'm talking about is destroying all of uh, – and they're in China, right? Yeah. Uh, the I think they're
0: Hong Kong. Yeah. yeah. Hong Kong. So just destroy all of
1: Hong Kong. Okay. Countless of millions of people died.
0: I know. I was thinking the exact same thing, dude. And now, you, like, It did not matter. Nobody cares.
1: Nobody cares in the old school way, right? Because I feel like it. you see it's a set. It's toys. But the more realistic you make it and you show people on the ground and then you show these like the real city of Hong Kong and then you, each time a gratuitous punch that doesn't even mean anything. Like the monster didn't even like get an advantage. You know what I mean? But it, yeah. it wiped out 20,000 people. Like- it's just the amount the amount of destruction they did to supposed virtual people. It
0: just it was weird to me. It's interesting. It's interesting. that was one of the things I, I, I wondered about when we look at Mecha Godzilla because I was wondering, were they trying to, like, make the people behind Mechagodzilla totally immune to the blame for killing all those innocent humans because they can say, oh, well, the skull of this, oh, this psychic skull took over. So therefore, we're not responsible for killing everybody in Hong Kong. I mean, it didn't matter anyway, because the script didn't mean a goddamn thing, regardless of which way you looked at it, but it just, it seemed like these weird hoops to jump through for no reason, and none of the movie held together, and I just, I, you know, you can do better, you can do better, I could have written a better script than this, my 11-year-old could have written a better script than this, it was a disgusting, stupid, ridiculous script, and if people enjoyed it, great, but don't come at me saying you need to turn your brain off to enjoy it, because I think it's very possible to write a movie like this, and not have it be fucking insipid garbage, so...
1: No, to to anybody who says that, yeah, like come at me all day, any day on any sort of platform because I just think that if you have a brain, (laughs) which just sounds uh, derogatory or mean, whatever, but your brain tries to latch on to things. You know what I mean? It's a brain. It's got like logic in it. You know, it should. It has like emotion and that stuff. And so this movie just keeps flip-flopping so much you're like oh i guess i'll go with this weird idea that uh, there's a hollow earth oh but then they don't care that they're even there you know
0: yeah and then like i mean yeah it's just uh, yeah suspension of disbelief is everything in these movies right and you can get that a number of ways i mean it, like in the old school it was kind of a model nobody really cared because it was guys in rubber suits so you're not thinking about the movie in that way kind of like you alluded to earlier but you know in a movie like this where they throw so much sci-fi stuff at the wall to see what sticks you cannot suspend that disbelief because so much ridiculous stuff is happening. Like it's just one thing after another and it's not funny. It's not meant to be goofy. It's just like, that's important. Gobbledygook that we're supposed to just not think too hard about. And I just, I felt the whole thing was really insulting and really, just really not fun, and I walked away from the movie being really, really disappointed with it. Confusing so, is another word that I thought of. Right? I, got, very, I was like, what's happening?
1: Because so. if, if I'm saying what's happening, how am I supposed to uh, suspend my disbelief, right? How am I supposed to yeah. be like, oh, I'll just have fun with this. By the way, we could list many movies, you and I, that where we were like, oh, we're just along for the ride. But sure. it didn't throw like 18 new premises. And, you know, the stuff that makes me feel like I don't know what's happening. Anyways, I didn't like it at all. Yeah,
0: you gotta just keep it simple. Keep it simple. K I S S. Keep it simple, stupid. And this movie did not keep it simple. And I think that's where it fucking
1: this movie fell. K I S S. My oh. ass.
0: <laughs> 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 All right, that's enough ranting. This is a monster episode. Oh, two hours. Two hours, baby. Yeah, two Let's hours. do it. There we go. All right, folks. If you've listened this far, thank you so much. This is the true end of the episode. Nothing's coming after this. True. Feel free to bounce. Ending. And thank you for your time and attention. We out.